and welcome to rpg digest in this live stream formatted podcast we talk about tabletop role-playing games and the weirdos who are in the tabletop rpg hobby like us i am john max the this is awesome by the way i got i got odyssey to work i'm interrupting my own introduction to say i got odyssey pop out to work yay so all the people are complaining that i don't talk to you on odyssey there it is it's working i think anyway I am John Max Eschlow, the guy who does the screaming and the yelling and the talking, the things and the less screamy. Although today I might get him worked up. <laughs> son of a bitch. Dog. Hello, everyone. And uh, yes, Darth, you are right. We are going to talk about the new Dragonlance. <laughs> I already Sissy gave him Lance. a. I gave him a little primer. Hey. Check this out. He's like, I don't believe you. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, we'll check out in segment two. Oh, God. Uh, maybe, maybe I misread it. I don't know. Cause I didn't read it word for word. I, I read it. I was like, oh, that's, oh, really? Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, we're definitely going to talk about that in segment two. Uh, segment, uh, this is weird. Okay. I thought Odyssey was working, but I typed and nothing popped up. So I don't know. Wait, does it go to the top? I don't know what the hell it does. Say something about this. Hello, Odyssey. Hello. O D Y S E E. I don't know my chat went. Apparently, I can't chat in Odyssey. Screw it. Violence believes you haven't misread it. <laughs> Even though you didn't actually say what you read. But he, he has faith. He has faith that you're angry for a good reason. <laughs> uh, if anything, I'll be too charitable. Wow. Have you ever watched this show before? My chat. <laughs> I am not going to be too charitable with shit. This right here has some of the most favorite mechanics mm-hmm. in all of D and D. The fun, the, the fun alignment thing. system, all of the 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 uh, all all of the Knights of Salamnia, all of their rules, their regulations. It's amazing <laughs> flavor. It it adds depth to the game, and now imagine that. But you want to bring that to Toril, Forgotten Realms, or Eberron. How would you do it? I wouldn't. Yeah, but this is 5th edition D&D and everything has to be together. <laughs> Burning hell. I hope that was to Watsi and not me. Both. I'm just going to cut my all. <laughs> oh, Wow. Yeah, so we'll be talking about that a little bit later. So how was your week? 
up until today, mm-hmm. this morning. Up until this morning, it was pretty good. Um, uh, I've been playing uh, Magic the Gathering Arena, and I, I got Sheris into it. And uh, I may I make a point not to give Watsy a dime of my money. It's a free-to-play game with a whole bunch of little tiny microtransactions you can have in the middle. Haven't touched a single one of them. And I'm competitive. So fuck you, Watsy. Dine a hole. Find Dan. Look <laughs> over that off. bridge. <laughs> fuck yourself off the bridge. <laughs> yeah. But uh, last night, Sheris uh, uh, went to his first draft. And I, I, I told him to start with the, with the bot draft, not against real, not drafting against real people. Number one, it's, it's half as expensive with the in-game money you can earn. So, you know, you can do it more than once. And uh, number two, it is using the last set of cards, not, not the current set. But you get to keep all those cards that you draft into okay. your personal collection. And it's, and it's a really good, you know, jumping off point if you want to do drafts in the future, especially if you want to do the current set, which is twice as expensive in in-game money. Uh, what, what format do I, what format do I play? Okay, Orzov. Uh, my, my best deck is, uh, is a diamond level deck and it's an Orzov angel, angel deck. And, uh, it's really good. Uh, the only, the only thing that, that, that gets me is, uh, discard decks, like pure, pure discard decks with the fucking Tegrid's lantern that every time you tap it, you have to sacrifice permanent discard a card or, or take three damage. And then they can spend three mana, untap it and then do it again. Untap, do it again. Untap, do it again. They run you out of cards the, uh, with the with the uh, with the with the with the discard spells, and then they run you out of permanence, and then they run you out of life. Fucking hate them. Other than that, though, burn enchantment, white weenie life gain doesn't matter. Kill them all. My uh, my opinion of magic has not changed since I played it in nineteen ninety three. Fuck that game. Fuck Watsy. And that game's for 12-year-olds. And I just called all of you out there 12-year-olds. If you don't know the, the history of that story, uh, I was at War Games West in Albuquerque. We used to play Dungeons Dragons Battletech. Uh, there was a vampire crew there, of course, uh, and, and so forth. And they cleared out the entire back room of War Games West in Albuquerque, and they said, we're going to play this card game. I already don't like card games. Um, but whatever. You know what? I'm hanging out with my friends playing it. Entire room of people. Lots of probably 20, 25 people all playing this game where they, they gave us decks of cards and, you know, they gave us the rules and and said, uh, we're thinking about selling this game here. We just need to see if it's, you know, a good game. And uh, I came out of that game going, it's for fucking 12 year olds. I don't want anything to do with this game. The whole concept of of uh, of what was it? The whole may hopefully you get the cards you want, the deck, you know, in the little packs that you buy is a money scheme. Fuck all this. You go back to playing real games. Everybody else loved it. Yeah. I don't care. No, no, I, I get it. I mean, uh, I, I, I stopped buying cards when, uh, when D and D, uh, not three, it was, it was between three, 3.5 and four. I, I stopped, I stopped giving Watsy any money whatsoever. I stopped. Because all my friends were playing it, I had the original season one or whatever they called it, Black Border, and then the season two, White Border. Alpha, oh. Beta. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, all, all that nonsense. Nope. Do you still have those cards? No, I got rid of those like 20 years ago. Okay, well, they're thousands of dollars a piece now. <laughs> I, 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 I don't feel bad. All right. <laughs> Uh, I think I got rid of most of them before I got out of the Air Force. Wow. Yeah, no, like I had no interest in the game. Most of them were laying around for about two years. People kept giving me their duplicates. Like, Max, we got to play. We just got to play. Just just sit down and play. And there was one group of people that I could stand playing the game with. And it's because they could separate tournament from let's drink some beer, throw some cards on a table and, and play. And believe it or not, a couple times in the military. Yeah, but uh, I didn't enjoy it. You oh. guys were you guys were way more competitive than than you act like you were. You were like, <laughs> arguing about stuff, and 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 the the people uh, the, the the group that uh, I actually had the most fun playing Magic with is the same group that gate kept me from that D and D game. Oh, nice. But uh, but they they could just sit there and be like, we're just just grab grab cards, throw them on the table. We're drinking beer, having fun, talking about weird shit in the world or whatever. The cards were more of a distraction than anything else. For that, I was like, all right, cool. Um, you know, it's to me, it's like the same as playing poker. I don't like poker either. So, um, but no, everybody else is like, no, nah, the rules say at page 62, you can't shut the fuck up. Just throw a card down there. It says, does three damage, take three damage, bitch. You know, like, God, but my, my blue deck, my Tim deck. Yeah. That's how old I remember these fucking things. Yeah. My, yeah. my, my Tim deck, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. I don't care. Great. You built the best deck ever. Same thing I tell the Battletech people. I built better mechs than the TRO. But uh, technical readouts. Good. Everybody does. <laughs> like, there you go. You're special. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm no fan of magic. I'm no fan of card games in general. Like, yeah. Not even Uno? Uh, I played that as a kid with my uh, folks. That wasn't so bad that I remember, but the only card game that I that I kind of get the vampire cross on go away is uh, uh, cribbage. A stepdad used to make me play cribbage, like make me get your ass over here and play some cribbage. Well, yeah, when when, when <laughs> someone makes you play something, you you generally don't like it. I will burn every principle. cribbage board and fifteen for two nonsense. <laughs> uh. All right. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, Thacker, go home. There you go. <laughs> Do some subtraction. Somebody uh, posted a couple weeks ago on my video uh, talking about that I did that go wrong. I'm like, no, you might want to relook at the rule again. Uh, tried to chew me out. Like, oh my God, you could just do it the easier way by doing it like this. Like, that absolutely would give you the exact opposite number that you wanted to get. <laughs> oh, good job. Uh, all right. Um, what else? Okay, so other than playing Magic, what'd you do this week? <laughs> uh, started exercising again because I'm not as lazy as you are. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Right now, <laughs> I'm sore everywhere, but yeah, there it is. If they had an indoor pool here, I found out that they have a pool on base, but it's outdoor. I'm like, God damn it! What am I gonna do with that? Well, um, it's like 60 degrees. Who cares? Be a little cold. No, uh, today it actually got down to freezing or overnight. Oh my god. It was weird or close to it. I had a weather warning. Right now it says, it's I don't know why my computer will not give me real temperature, but right now apparently it's 10 Celsius. So mathematize that. I guess that's like 50. That's not swimming temperature. I don't know, 45. More around there, yeah. Yeah, it's something nine divided by five plus 32 or some crap like that. Whatever. Anyway, um, 
Yeah, for me, I didn't do much this week. I got very uh, despondently lazy. So I watched the Minnesota High School Hockey Tournament, which was freaking amazing. I haven't watched hockey in probably like 20 years because I don't really follow hockey anymore ever since uh, they stole my North Stars. Uh, fuck the Wild. That's right. Fuck the Minnesota Wild. I don't care. Uh, bring back my North Stars or it's not hockey. Um, but the high school hockey tournament in Minnesota is actually world famous if people don't know it. Like people from all over the world know about the Minnesota high school hockey tournament. And uh, I hadn't watched it in like 20 years since probably before, I, either before I went to Kuwait or before I went to Japan. I'm not sure. And uh, one of the guys in Discord, a longtime friend of mine said, you got to watch it. Here's a link. You can actually watch it. I'm like, whatever. And it was great. So uh, Minnesota high school hockey is better than pro hockey there. Wow. Luther Calhoun, Palladium uh, sucks. That's all. Bye. <laughs> Luther needs a needs a timeout. Oh, don't time him out. Maybe he's just trying to get. No, he's just trying to get us energized. Yeah, yeah, and and he he got the energy out of me to raise my hand and click a button. Good job, Luther. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, I'm trying to think if anything else went on. Nothing else went on important for me. I gotta get back to writing. I know this week uh, work is starting to kick my butt a little bit, but you know that's just life. So, well, it's just that you're finally—they're finally figuring out what to do with you, or trying to figure out what to do with you. So they're just throwing they shit know. at you. See they what thought stick. they knew. Yeah, that's kind of what it is. Like, do this. <laughs> Not sure that's within my realm. Um, yeah, get, I've got a four-month time frame to get something that in the government world takes eighteen months to get done, and I only go to work two to three days a week. Good luck. The rest is teleworking because I have to share a desk with somebody. <laughs> it's great, man. Uh, gotta love the government. Government. Yes, and my wife painted a wall this week. One wall? Lazy. Uh, she did all right. No, 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 no. I, I didn't say she did it badly. I just said she's lazy. No, uh, because I still make her cook my food. and <laughs> like I wasn't giving her a pass. I didn't even want the walls done yet. So I didn't give her a pass. She had to find time to do that without bugging me. <laughs> All right, what are we talking about today? Oh, that's right, Palladium World Building. Yep. Let's go through our stuff. Let's go. Proclivities and such. Hey, this is how you play games and have fun. Can't say it any better than what you see on the screen right there. And if you go to our YouTube channel, the first thing that pops up, I hear it every freaking time I go there, is I didn't even give like a second delay so you can click anything else. Right off the bat, Heathen Dog kicks in. Escapism, not reputation, means blah, blah, blah. Oh my God, <laughs> click. Stop. Heathen Dog, stop it. Heathen website, Discord, locals, Redbubble pages, and five example products below. Oh, we're going to be talking about player agency today. <laughs> I would have worn my shirt but it's in the dryer right now I was pissed off when, when, you, when you told me about it I was like god damn it's dirty maybe I can wash it and I can get it clean before it. no dang it I don't think anybody noticed on the stream just saying but uh, yeah uh, that's going to be fun segment 2 is going to be fun can we skip segment mm. 1 no I actually want to no. talk about segment 1 and you can watch us on Rome. by the way I have Odyssey up I don't know if the chat's working on Odyssey because I typed in two things and it didn't go anywhere like I didn't see it pop up so I don't know what's going on but I clicked on where it said the live stream portion of Odyssey so now that I can pop out the chat on Odyssey hey I'll keep that chat up during a uh, stream if you post something there and I don't respond to it well guess what I'm not in the right area or you're not in the right I don't know I don't know it's weird 
And we want to thank all of our monetary backers, those who subscribe and cheer on Twitch, our members and super chatters on YouTube, our secret donators behind the scene that go directly to PayPal. We know who you are. Do you know Illuminati. who they are? Hidden? The Illuminati, yes. And of course, if you want to tip us, you can also do it through Streamlabs because some people like to do Streamlabs. I want to thank all of our followers and subscribers. You got us past 3,000. Now we're on our way to 4,000. We're moving up in the world. Um, although we lost two subscribers because I didn't stream on Friday. I thought that was weird because no videos went up on Friday, but we lost two subs on Friday. <laughs> okay. Um, our chatters and our lurkers. Thank you very much for hanging out with us today. We appreciate it. If you don't want to donate money to us, you can donate it to the Wounded Warrior Project. All right, today for segment one, we are somewhat concluding our series on the Palladium Fantasy role-playing game. You can't see it right now, but Heathen Dog is in the background jumping up and down, doing a little dance, because next week he gets to have slides, and he gets to walk <laughs> us through how to make a character. We haven't decided what kind of character. Hey, put in chat what kind of character do you think he should make. Don't be a jerk. What do you think would best represent the Palladium Fantasy uh, game uh, that he should make. Yes, it'll be a second edition character. It's going to be based on all the stuff that we've been doing here. What race class combination should he make? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. No pick on race. I'm human all the way. I'm a humanist. But this is for other people. I don't care. <laughs> they can pick all the classes they want. I don't care. But it's going to be a human. You know why? Humans rule. Demi-humans drool. That's how it is. <laughs> One human that digs. <laughs> One that digs. Well, that's, that's not human then. That's most, <laughs> that's, of, yeah, that's, right. that's most of the monsters anyway. So there we go. Yes, human supremacists, which I mean we we all should be. If you don't believe in fantasy racism that that humans are the best, then uh, then you're a bad person and should be wiped off the planet with the other demi humans. Yep. That, although there goes me because I play Wolfen. <laughs> so whatever. Um it'll be the Wolfen versus the humans. Right now I think the Wolfen would win. Just saying. Anyway, back on track here. We're going to talk today. Let me slide things over here. Get everything ready to go for our segment one. Get off my screen. Get on my screen. Come over here. And uh, so I'm going to miss some of chat. Let's, uh, whoop. and you know that for segment one, just in case you're not sure, I'll let Heathen Dog read that today while I'm getting everything ready. RPG Digest is a live stream podcast discussion, not a step-by-step -step tutorial. We are going to deviate off topic from time to time because we listen and read chat and we have our own opinions. If you don't like it, go find Dan. <laughs> if you don't get the reference, watch past episodes. You'll find it somewhere. <laughs> there we go. Uh, and segment one. Of course, as always, like, subscribe, and share, share, share. The sharing part has been working. I've been kind of looking at the analytics. We get a oh, yeah. lot more hits off of the sharing than pretty much anything else. So cool. thank you for those who have shared. And talking about sharing, let's share my screen. Uh, for this one, I only need tab. It's not the right tab. It's the right tab. There it is. And boop. There we go. Palladium Fantasy. Again, with the Dragonlance cover. Kind of coincidental that we've got Dragonlance twice today. We have Dragonlance now, and we'll have, well, we'll have just as fake Dragonlance later. Yep. And today, and honestly, with this, we can almost read it word for word. Not quite, but almost read it word for word, because this is only going to be a few pages. Right. We've got this. We've got, got a cool dragon. We've got some, uh, got a little bit there. 
And then, then we got timeline. We'll probably spend most of the time on the timeline, to be honest with you. Uh, well, well, I, I have, no, I no, have some I, amendments that okay. uh, that come later. Okay. Um, uh, not 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 later in this segment, but uh, they were written later, and they you know fit into the Palladium Fantasy world, but okay. they weren't written when this came out yet. So, so one of the things that I do want to be clear to the people out there who know and understand and have all the books for the Palladium world system, Megaverse, we're only talking about what is in this book. We're not going to try to reference every other book out there and piece all that together. One, I haven't read them. And two, we're just talking about what you get out of the main book for now. I if know. there's time at the end of the year. No, no I'm, not, I'm not talking about you. I'm just saying, like, yeah. just for the people right, out right. there, like, who want to correct us on the wolf in history or something. It's like, right, right, right. The, the only the only reason I'm, I'm going to put this little add on in here is because it explains throughout this timeline that magic is decreasing, but doesn't explain why. So I know why. And I'm going to add it in there approximately in the timeline, what happened and why it happened and why magic is decreasing in the world. That's that's the only reason. Sounds good. Okay, so uh, we're actually going to start with the Age of Light because there's one sentence up above, or sorry, Age of Chaos, because there's only one sentence up above that you need to know. Reliable and cohesive recorded history does not begin until the pinnacle Western Empire about 4,000 years ago. All right. All this other stuff, we can we can skip over. History is like, it's like the real world. It's a lot of metaphor and it's a lot of like, huh, I wonder if that was real. So we'll start with the Age of Chaos. Do you want, you want me to start or you want to start? No, I'll go ahead. This one uh, really, really references the uh, the old ones, which are uh, um, alien intelligences. Uh, they are above gods, and they are ninety nine percent evil, like the worst evil you could think of. You know, it's it's said that they created the world just to torture it. They created races just to screw with them. Hey, that's Virgigorm. Yeah, basically, yes, yes. But there's no way to prove that. Maybe the universe was here and they just found it. Maybe they're from a different place. Who knows? There's there's uh, there's lots of innuendo because, again, this was millions and millions of years ago. It's not like there's a Rosetta Stone out there somewhere telling you what happened. There's, I'm sorry, there's not. So uh, nobody knows how long ago the Age of Chaos may have lasted, but it's likely to be millions of years because the the, the great old ones unlike many other alien lesser intelligences uh, who live to be about a quarter of a million years old, maybe half a million, the, the old ones, the great old ones are actually immortal. They don't age. They, they are forever. Uh, according to the Tristan Chronicles and other myths, they're said to be locked in the bowels of a planet in a dreamless sleep. Now, what happened here was their creations, supposedly they created all the other races that, uh, that that came after them that that is possible or they just stumbled across this universe we don't know but all of the lesser races the the gods a uh, couple of the good lesser intelligences uh heroes uh elves you know all this stuff got together and sealed the old ones away couldn't kill them sealed the old ones away with a spell they are they are asleep very much like cthulhu type slumber type thing they're, they're sleeping. Do not make any noise near the bedroom. All right. Stop it. <laughs> you don't want them coming back. You don't need that. No one needs that. So about those shifters. 
Yeah, they're all they're all dead now. And <laughs> by the time by the time Rifts comes out, all the shifters have died, and for good reason. But uh, let's see. Old ones are credited with creating the Palladium world, but you know, again, you can't know. Historians dispute whether changelings are members of the archaic races created by the old ones, whether they appeared during the Age of Light. See, uh, dragons are known to be an ancient race of dimensional travelers, so it's likely that they weren't created by the old ones, and so it starts unraveling there again, millions of years ago. You can't tell all you have to know is the old ones are still alive, but they are locked away and they are kept locked away by several very powerful gods. Uh, Zervin, uh, Brahma, uh, constantly maintain the spells, keeping them asleep. And then we get kinda to like, the age a, of kind of like Atlas holding up the world thing. Like yeah. you have, you have one job, keep those old yeah, you ones got behind one that job. Door. Yeah, throw throw sleepy dust at the at the <laughs> unknowably evil creature every month. Do that, and you're good to go. Uh, and then we have the Age of Light. A period of undetermined time existed before the time of a thousand magics and the rise of the Elven Empire in the Old Kingdom, originally the New Kingdom. Most scholars believe this period lasted between thirty and sixty thousand years, but it may have been longer or shorter. No one knows. Again, record keeping, not the greatest thing. During this period, most of the known modern races are known to have surfaced, including humans, changelings, kobolds, dwarves, gnomes, troglodytes, goblins, hobgoblins, bugbears, trolls, minotaurs, and the giant races, as well as a handful of others. Now, notice there's no wolfing yet. That comes later. Rifts and ley line activity during this period was roughly equal to that of Rifts Earth, perhaps 10 to 50% greater. <laughs> really? More magical. Many of the different races, particularly creatures of magic and supernatural beings, may have discovered the Palladium world through magic and dimensional portals during this period. Easy enough. Some may have been refugees, while others may have been just travelers, just wandering the galaxy, wandering the multiverse, and like, wow, oh, this place is a rich there, magical... There's a Rifts campaign for you. You trip over a ley line, you fall into a portal, that brings you to 30,000 years ago. Palladium fantasy. That's entirely possible. That's entirely possible. Good luck with that. Be done. Or again, uh, they, they, they could have come here because they tripped and fell into a portal. That happens. Then we'll go down to uh, page 279. Uh, Beings such as elementals, vampires, demons, and devils almost certainly existed during and perhaps before the Age of Chaos. It is likely that some of these creatures were the minions and even the creations of the old ones. That is likely true. Vampires come from vampire intelligences, which are alien intelligences, which are the lesser versions of great old ones. They live between a quarter and a half a million years. And, uh, you know, they, they have rules and requirements, you know, they, they, they can't come into our world until there's enough vampires to sustain their life force existence. And they can boop, pop into our universe and stuff gets real bad. So instead of when the great old ones, you're like the kind of okay old ones? No, no. They're the they're the not as bad old ones, but still, you know, four-stage cancer. <laughs> it's likely that the existence of the dreaded old ones, the great old ones, is what's held these weaker creatures in check and obscurity. During during the time of, of chaos, yes, again, the great old ones tortured everything and everyone just for funsies, including vampire intelligences or other alien intelligence like, like the Splugor. Uh, the battle of gods, the mythical lost civilization, or the rise and fall of mankind. Most scholars and historians regard the battle of gods as pure myth, largely because the Tristine Chronicles doesn't seem to mention it and because little else is known about it. 
a few myths taught by the priests of Dragonrite tell of a time shortly after the Age of Chaos when the Yin Sloth jungles were beautiful to behold and not infested with monsters in danger. These Look, myths I, I'm not a... even big on Palladium. And when I hear the words Yin Sloth, I'm like, no, not, not, okay. not going there. Okay. That grew at the heart of the jungle. Its people were farmers, builders, scholars, scientists, and healers who knew nothing about the time of chaos, magic, gods, or war. Their downfall came when one of the great cities fell under the corrupting influence of, of Stiphon the Black and other evil dragon gods. <laughs> Stiphon turned the people into pawns and playthings of two rival factions of gods. Though this Through this manipulation, a great war between the gods erupted, and of course the humans were used as chess pieces laying waste to the jungle and annihilating the people who once worshipped them. Kim Nark Mir and his fellow gods of light were ashamed of the destruction they had wrought and performed magic to restore the jungle. However, the people were beyond help. Aren't we always? Yep. Furthermore, the corruption and vast mystic energy released during the Battle of the Gods has forever transformed the jungle into a savage land infested with all manner of mutants and monsters. This tragedy also gave birth to Dragonrite and many of the gods known today. See the book Yin Soth Jungles for more detailed history. We don't need that right now. Although most historians scoff this notion, there are two brief lines in this Tristan Chronicles that might suggest that the myth is real. And trust me, it is. Uh, Priests of Dragonrite <laughs> placed the Battle of Gods and the birth of Dragonrite about 80 to 90,000 years ago. Humankind would begin to establish itself as an important civilization, starting with the Western Empire and estimated 70,000 years later and around the age of the Elf. However, it would not be until the Elven and Dwarven empires fell and the millennium of purification that humans would become a world power. It no, sounds like a fun time. Yeah. Millennium, millennium of purification. purification. Yeah, it, it doesn't it doesn't sound good. It it it's it sounds like there's a lot of showers that I don't want to take. <laughs> it is a well-known fact that the humans who founded the Western Empire came from the south, although most scholars incorrectly attribute the land of the south winds and the northern jungle coast to the place of man's origin. Unknown to historians, the Dragonrite legends are true, and it was humans who flourished in the jungles, predating the time of a thousand magics by at least 20,000 years and the age of the elf by 50,000 years. At some point early in the Age of Light, humankind rose quickly and established a grand kingdom in the once beautiful and serene southern jungles. There is little doubt that if left unmolested, humans would have risen as the first great civilization followed we thousands of years later by the elves and dwarves and perhaps dramatically changing the history of the world as it would later unfold. Unfortunately, this people nation became caught up in the politics of young gods. And after 50 devastating years of brutal combat equaled only by the elf dwarf war, wow. <laughs> the jungles and its people were decimated an event. Most modern scholars insist is pure myth only because not. they don't want to like, no, 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 that didn't happen. La 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 la. <laughs> yeah. It's all, it, it's all elf dwarf racism. That's all yep. it is. Appropriately so. And then we have the Age of a Thousand Magics. Scholars are at a loss. As, th this is a common theme. Scholars are at a loss. Every goddamn paragraph is going to start with that up, up until about a thousand years ago. <laughs> to when this 1,000 year period may have actually existed. It definitively predates the Age of, of Elf as some ancient elven texts refer to it in legendary terms. Most scholars believe it existed between two and 10,000 years before the elves became world power. Elves, titans, dragons, and, and Rao men were probably a strong force during this period with the latter suffering losses from which their race would never recover. According to legends, at least one dozen different races and civilizations rose and perished between the age of light and the end of the age of a thousand magics. 
Although legends insist that 1,000 different forms of magic existed, most modern historians doubt that there were more than 100, and that many were probably variations of a dozen or so major types of mystic arts. Still, there are those who believe otherwise, and ancient ruins, weapons, and even magic secrets suggest that there were easily several dozen distinct types of magic. Leyland activity and energy levels during this period was roughly equal to that of Rift's Earth. Okay, so. Tempering down a little bit. Now it's coming down a little bit. Now, this right here is, is uh, a more of a settling, right? This, this, this has nothing to do with a trend. It's more of a settle. Sometime after this period, the dwarves, kobolds, and gnome civilizations and cultures also made great strides and began to become significant kingdoms and nations, though none could equal the elves and dwarves in sheer size, population, power, or greatness. Meanwhile, humans were little more than warlike barbarians and nomadic tribesmen. In the north, the first oh. whimpers of the canine races, Wolfen, Kyle, Co or Coil, Coil, Coil. And, and whatever other doggy nonsense that is. Kankoran? I don't even remember the, the Kankoran. tundra of the great northern. Hey, hey you, you're the one who did segment two. I'm making fun of your favorite race. <laughs> no, I'm, all I said is I don't even remember the Kankoran. Yeah, well, they're, they're all dead now. They've all been spayed or neutered. Okay. <laughs> well, before we move on to the elves, we got a couple of things to do, but uh, okay. I have a question yeah. for you here. Shoot. Everything that we've talked about right now, because even chat's been saying, love Palladium lore. Why is this important? Why is this important for a game master who is going to run Palladium Fantasy? Or is it important for a game master who is going to run Palladium Fantasy? Because we're about to get into stuff that definitely you can say is important. Yes. Because this has direct effect or at worst indirect right, right. effect. The, the Age of Elves, st starting with the Age of Elves and the Elven Dwarf War, that, that's when more reliable record keeping was made. And not only that, that's when rune magic was prolific. And that's where rune weapons and, and, and magic items come from. So, you know, that has a direct impact on the game. Everything else prior is is game master knowledge basically you don't need to tell the players this it's unnecessary to run the game how could somebody use this in their game well if if you are playing uh the palladium multiverse then all of that backstory affects every other palladium game is the is the background the invisible background the invisible backdrop to every other palladium game not just riffs but beyond the supernatural, um, uh, Nightbane. Uh, so, so it's kind uh, of linkage. Yeah, yeah. This is all. This is all a shared history between all of the systems. So it is important to tie them all together. But the players, if you're only, if, especially if you're only playing one system, all this knowledge is unnecessary. It's excellent flavor, but. Un unless you're playing through the multiverse, then it's unnecessary to know that. All right, I got uh, four chats. Okay. So uh, Billy Rubin says, "Are the alien vampires like that hottie in Life Force?" I don't know Life Force. No, unfortunately not. That okay, apparently that is... you know what that is too. I don't. Yes, you don't know the movie Life Force. Oh my God, it's it's on my Plex. You got to watch it. Um, okay. She she is hot and she's naked through most of it. Oh. Okay, you said it's on your Plex. I haven't been there in a while. I'll have to check that out. There you go. Uh, <laughs> no, the, uh, the vampire intelligences are uh, giant blobs with 
I don't know, several dozen eyes, several dozen tentacles. That's their true form. Okay. Lots of mouths. It's, it's not pretty. Alien, in, in, but basically almost every alien intelligence has the same basic form. They're giant blobs of, of non, non-distinct flesh with lots of tentacles and between one and a hundred eyes. Eyes have it. The real long shot says, I love me some plated fantasy. The world lore is great. It is great. It is. It it doesn't matter what setting you play. Best is world building. Yes. Uh, Let's see. Final sells everything. Warning about the Insulat Jungles book. It was never released for second edition. Probably didn't feel it needed to be. Yeah. If if it's just a source book, like, you know, explaining the world, you you, you can easily, you know, and if there are any stats in that book, you can easily convert them. It's not hard. And finally, weird guy says, lots of lore gives you starting ideas for game session plots. No, I, I, well, I agree with that. And I'm not questioning like what's in this book up until this point though. I I, I like it. And in fact, I think it's well-written where it's only just a few paragraphs. It's not like 18 pages of nonsense that you don't need, but it gives you a background. You know, like whatever. Right. But it gives you enough that if you want to throw something out there as the game master, be like, huh, this could predate the Elf Dwarf War. Or this could be, this could awaken the old ones. You know, you could stop throwing that sleep potion on them, as Ethan Dog was saying, uh, and, and you know, have something bad happen. Now you kind of have an understanding what, what may or may not have taken place before then. So is it useful for everybody? No, but I think it is, it's a good part of the book to have. Yes. Right. That's all I wanted to throw up for comments. We shall move along. Now okay. to the age of elves. Can I leave for this part? Because you know I hate elves. No. I'll read it, though. <laughs> elves became the dominant civilization in the area known as the Old Kingdom, which was originally called the New Kingdom. The age of the elf lasted for 10,000 years, the first 8,000 of which were filled primarily with advancements and triumph. The middle 4,000 are considered the golden age of both elves and dwarves, ending tragically at the end of the 2,000-year-long elf-dwarf 2,000 years of fighting. Well, that's like the 100 years war, but for elves and dwarves. Dwarves live a long time, but not like elves. But I'm just saying, I mean, if you if you want to equate yeah. it, I mean, that yeah. sounds, again, for us humans, that's forever and a half. That's that's like the rise and fall of multiple Roman empires, you know, unless you cut the Western, I guess, or Eastern, sorry. Uh, but, uh, but no, I mean, but for an elf dwarf, that's just, that's like what? only a few generations right but here here's a here's a key difference ley line activity and energy levels during this period was 10 to 20 percent less than that of rift's earth now this is a significant drop and it's significant enough to note that uh when when lots of people die near near ley lines their their ppe is absorbed into the planet that's how rift's earth started Millions of people died all at once at a at just the right moment, just the right astronomical event. It supercharged the ley lines and they blew. Now, how is it that 2,000 years of war, sentient beings of magic dying all the time, and still the energy levels are going down? Well, I'll, I'll try to explain that later, but I wanted everyone Ooh. to put a pin in that. Ooh, we got a cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I want to put a pin in it. 
Approximately 3,000 years into this period, the Dwarven Empire grew to such size, power, and greatness that it rivaled the elves and may have threatened to surpass them. During the same period, humans also began to rise from barbarism, with Ooh. many beginning to establish settings and villages. Again, put a pin in this. Human civilization makes starts making a comeback. There's a reason for that. Uh, in the north, the humanoid canines were forming warrior clans and covering the snow with blood. That's your dirty wolfen. Ogres also came into the scene, but exhibited the nomadic and warlike tendencies of the humans who came before them. Sometime in the 8th millennium, the antagonism between elf and dwarf grew to be intolerable, erupting into war sometime in the beginning of the 9th millennium. The loss of life and destruction during the Elfdorf War is legendary, and many people speak of it as if it were recent history rather than 6,000 years ago. In the end, it is estimated 9 million, out of, 9 million elves out of 100 million survived their greatest wow. cataclysm since their battle against the old ones. 9 million lived out of 100 million total. 91% died. Yes. And how is magic still going down during this time? That's a whole lot of death PPE getting released in the world. But it's happening. Today, the, the once glorious new kingdom is known as the Old Kingdom and shunned as the domain of monsters. Without the great dwarven, elven, and kobold empires to hold them in check, the so-called monster races invaded the new kingdom in droves. Savage, barbaric races of goblins, orcs, ogres, trolls, ratlings, and giants occupied the ruins and partially rebuilt elven cities. Nomadic hordes comprised mainly of orcs, along with the occasional tribe of ogres and goblins, swarm across the plains and dusty wastelands. Kobolds, goblins, an occasional tribe clan of troglodytes and the greatest concentration of hobgoblins left in the world, an estimated one million, inhabit wow. the foothills and precipices of the Old Kingdom Mountains. So, you see what happens? Even though elves and dwarves, you know, are demi-humans and therefore lesser than humans in every way, they were a civilizing force. With them gone, the monsters come and they take over. Cats away, then hobgoblins will play, apparently. <laughs> Uh, small tribes of gnomes, changelings, and other obscure races are also said to inhabit remote areas of the old kingdom as well. Likewise, dragons, the sphinx, uh, waternix, zaz, uh, uh, Sivan, raumen, giants, and other beings can be found in sheltering mountains. That's great. Minor, minor nuisances. The Baalagor wastelands were once part of the elves' fabulous empire and the location of its greatest city. A place of beauty, art, and learning, the golden city of Balagor. Balgor? Balgor? Balgor. Yeah. Balgor was practically a kingdom in and of itself. It was home to 8 million elves, another 5 million elves, 10 million orcs and goblins, and half a million humans and other races living and growing communities around it. The entire area, and then some, was completely obliterated by a mystic onslaught a thousand times more devastating than the atomic bomb dropped by Americans on Hiroshima on Earth during World War II, according to the Tristan Chronicles. Not since the age of the old ones with the world so was tremble, blah, 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 everything's blah, blah, bad, yeah. suck it. We had to reference World War II somewhere in this book. And there, we're done with that. <laughs> Several thousand years later, the land is still a desert wasteland with little vegetation. It is inhabited by small tribes of Jotan, Nimro, uh, Androth, Sun Devils, Goblins, Orcs, and a handful of other creatures. 
All right. You go ahead with the millennium of purification because you know, you're all, you're all about those four showers. <laughs> wow. You trying to reference my heritage? Yep. All right. Many historians argue that the millennium of purification should be considered the 11th and last millennium in the age of elves. Others considered an entirely new era with the age of elves ending with the final days of the elf dwarf wars. You decide. After the Elf Dwarf War, the two enemies joined forces to procreate because they were missing a lot of children. Uh, joined <laughs> forces to purge the world of the most dangerous and loathsome forms of magic that had so decimated their respective kingdoms. Rune magic and rune weapons were among the most notable magics eliminated, along with a dozen others that are long forgotten assholes. No, During no, this ru rune magic, I get it. Rune magic's bad. It's inherently evil. Eh, prove it. <laughs> During this time, humans rose out of barbarism and began to form their own cultures and fledgling kingdoms. The canine races of the North are also said to have emerged during this millennium but remain in barbarism by human standards forever. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I read that for Heathen Dog. I, I was yeah. his stand-in for that one. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> The Time of Man. I should steal this one from Heathen Dog, but I will let you go, go with it. Oh, you want me to? Okay. I'll go for it. The Time of Man has... Wait a minute. Uh, is there any chat that I want to look at? Here, I had four starred, so that's, that's enough. Mark Hawkman says, Heathen Dog hates elves almost as much as Max. I don't know. It's pretty close. I think we flip fly. He hates demi-humans in general. I just don't yeah, like elves. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the only reason Garth... Right. Uh, the only reason Garthon played an elf in Neverwinter was to annoy Heathen Dog. The secret's out. The secret's out. Handle that as you wish. Go human or go home. <laughs> go human or go home. Uh, I think it was because of the creation of rune magic that sucked up all the world's PPE. Maybe. Incorrect. Uh, rune Ooh. magic uh, do, does not, uh, does not uh, draw magic from, from the ambient area around it. You actually take a supernatural creature, you burn away its body, you condense its magical essence, and you stuff it into an item, and that's what powers the item. So you're actually enslaving a sentient being forever inside a thing. And from I didn't all, read that with rune magic. Oh yeah, for for all accounts, it is in perpetual torment. No wonder why so, that sword tried to corrupt me. It's very angry. I say tried. The reality is it did. But I say tried. <laughs> uh, and lo, what was once 100 million elves was 9 million. And what was 240 million dwarves was 6 million. You do the math on that. A couple of people died. Couple. Well, no, I said people. Those weren't people. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like the, the, the humans were, were already decimated by gods. I mean, <laughs> we had our own problems. You know, if 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 the stupid little gods kept kept their hands out of the world, the humans would have civilized all these barbaric demi humans, and the world would have had you know hundred thousand years of of golden age. But no, no. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Yinslot Jungle Second Edition is to come out. Good. Okay. Cool. Hope it's not all Savage right. Land. And Chimerian says that he's enjoying. That's good. I'm glad you're enjoying this. Hopefully, we're making this a little more interesting than just you know, reading a textbook too. So. Um, but I, I, the thing is, is about Bob used to say this back when we were playing, you know, in the nineties, playing riffs and palladium and, and fantasy and heroes unlimited. He said, I always wanted to hug and punch Kevin Sambita. These are his words, 
not mine. He said, I hate his game system, but he has the best lore and best background setting of any, at least at the time, you know, in the 90s, of any uh, uh, major system out there. And I tend to agree, maybe not the punching part, but I, you know, I tend to agree that if I ever need some sort of inspiration on lore or world building, you can look at these books and you've got, and this is just the main book. This isn't even a world book. Mm-hmm. All right. The Time of Man. The time of man has lasted approximately 6,000 years since the Western Empire took root. For the first 3,000 years, the Western Empire was the human power and is infamous for having launched incredible military campaigns of conquest. So we had the Crusades, the Romans, the Mongols. We had all that wrapped into one. Well, maybe I should oh, say Oh, no, no. This world needed The elves and dwarves fucked everything up. And the, the, the humans had, had, had to come in with, with the, you know, a, a purifying dignity. We're delivering freedom. Exactly. <laughs> d- d- delivering freedom at the end of a sword was necessary because after the elves and dwarves screwed up the world, now that all there is is monsters running around. The elves and dwarves, you know, hiding in their hiding in their trees or hiding in their little mountains, licking their wounds, crying, oh, woe is me. While the humans are getting stuff done, making moves. Losers. Just remember, there's the proof is in the pudding. The elves and dwarves ruined the world. Yeah. I mean, they, they can't even win a war. No one won. Come on. There <laughs> yeah, there's still somebody alive. There's not a winner yet. <laughs> there weren't even any nuclear bombs. There was no mutually assured destruction. Well, someone I don't, should have won. It's, it said not it was only are they both losers, they're both quitters. It said it was stronger than the... Anyway. Oh, my God. Where was I here? Oh, with time, the glory days of the Western Empire have faded. Oh forcing them to share the limelight with such smaller but powerful kingdoms as Timiro, Byzantium, Lopan, and the loose confederation of independent kingdoms known as the Eastern Territory. Still, the Western Empire probably remains the wealthiest and most powerful human kingdom in the known world. Although humans have been a dominant force in the world for the last 6,000 years, it's only been the last 300 that human civilization has suddenly expanded its reach to nearly all corners of the world. The older races have watched humankind mature as they slowly become the masters of their destiny and their world. Only the wolf and they seem to have any chance of matching them, provided they don't destroy each other first. Exactly. I've watched a you couple know, dog, of you know, dogs will be dogs. And yeah, that's pack we mentality. Will, we will domesticate them. We'll domesticate them. <laughs> don't worry. So, uh, I watched a couple of videos on Palladium uh probably about a month or so ago, and both of them said that Wolfen are pretty much like the only good guys that in the world nowadays but your mileage may vary on that elf dwarf and gnome have all served as mentors and allies to the humans helping them build their kingdoms and reach new heights some say uh let let me let me wind that back a little bit (laughs) what it says is elf dwarf and gnome have served have all served as mentors and allies to humans helping them build their kingdom what it really means to say is that the failed races of these demi-human idiots are now trying to ride the coattails of the human empire's greatness to try and make up for their colossal failures in the past. That's what it should say. That's if you read between the lines, that's what it says. Very well. Some say as penance for their sins or for the sins of their forefathers during the great war. Their efforts have earned them the eternal friendship of humans. 
No, no, no injection there. I was waiting for you to. Oh no, no. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, friendship re replace that with uh, su subservience to humans. Scritches behind ears. Yeah. <laughs> Lay down by your dish. Yeah. Uh, okay. Most human domains regard these three races as equals, and many elves and dwarves serve as the heads of state and commerce, religious leaders, advisors, nobility, knights, and wizards supreme. Leyline activity and energy levels are roughly sixty percent less. Wow. Yeah, that a of sharp Earth. drop, right? A sharp drop in just a few thousand years. When before it was rifts level or higher for millions of years. Sharp drop. Now, we're not going to read every line in this timeline summary. That would take the entire segment. No, but, no. Uh, but what I want to do is, is circle back to what I put a pin in earlier. Okay. All right. This is... Uh, uh, when, uh, the, 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 where is it? When the, when the magic started to actually fall, there we go. Uh, the age of elves. Uh, so the elf door for age of elves begins in the new 18,000 years ago. Yep. Now the age of elves. And then the next thing in the timeline is humans begin to have a world presence. There is a reason that magic started dropping toward the end of the age of the of the Elven Empire and the and the Elf Dwarf War, and the reason human beings started to become uh, uh, started to lift themselves well, lift out of barbarism after the the gods crushed their actual civilization thousands of years earlier. Atlanteans, the 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 island of Atlantis, was the hidden gem of the Earth. The Atlanteans having mastered all forms of magic, rune magic, tattoo magic, shifter magic, um, uh, all, all of the magic that, that is, is usually known only to uh, alien intelligences or gods, they, they knew. Only problem was they were a little bit ambitious. <laughs> they said, you know, we, we can open rifts at will to any place we want with zero chance of failure. What if, I mean, hear me out. What if we open a single rift that'll lead to anywhere? Wouldn't that be cool? Like anywhere at once. Wouldn't that be great? And they're like, yeah, that would be great. Let's try that. They tried it. It didn't work out. What Did happened? Did not go like, to anywhere? <laughs> No, no, no. It's just that all of all of the Earth's magic started going everywhere. Oh. So it we're leaking magic into the universe? Earth. Yeah, it, it drained the Earth of, of ley line energy and just blew it out into every into every other piece of the multiverse all at once until they could finally get it shut. But by the time they closed it, the damage was done. Now the magic in the world is starting to drop. Now, it only dropped 10 to 20% during the Elf Dwarf War because the world was constantly being recharged by the tens of millions of deaths <laughs> that were happening throughout the entire time. That's why it only dropped 10 to 20%. Hey, but, hey I can't cast this spell. Can you nuke somebody, please? All right. All right, there you go. Yeah. But after the Elf Dwarf War was over, 6,000 years later, it was over half as, the magic is over is under half as powerful as it was previously. That's because what happened was the Atlanteans basically opened up the, the drain on the, on the bathtub of magic that is the world and couldn't stop it. 
So they felt obviously very guilty. What many of them did is rift away. While, while magic was still strong enough, they rifted away. But others with, in, with grief and a heavy heart were so upset at themselves by causing all of this nonsense on the earth, they went out into the world to help as much as they could. And the, and the, the majority of the race that they helped were the humans. Because they knew from their own lore that humans used to be a great civilization, if not if not for meddlesome gods. And they who thought themselves in their hubris to be like gods and then screwed everything up, decided to help the humans. They gave the humans their uh, their civilization without all of their uh, without all of their flaws. That's why humans rose to power so quickly at this time, because Atlanteans merged with them, because Atlanteans look just like humans, just a little bit taller on average, and they live a lot longer. That's it. You could easily mistake an Atlantean for a human, especially at a distance of 10 feet or more. Easy enough. Look just like us. Now, so eventually, magic... Uh, dropped enough to where Atlantis looked like it fell into the sea. Actually, it went into a pocket dimension, which would come back later when when uh, when the rifts were activated in uh, in uh, 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 Palladium rifts. But uh, yeah, uh, many of the Atlanteans stay and they they help the humans reform a civilization. That's why they went from barbarism to a, a great nation in just a couple thousand years. So that's why magic is dropping and magic is still dropping in Palladium fantasy. And if you play, if you play the game long enough and you have characters who live long enough, they will live to see magic disappear from the world. No. Yes. All right. I'm slowly scrolling through, um, but, uh, let's, let's hit some chat and then we'll, uh, move on. So Camarion says, well, it's been a deeper dive in lore than most people have ever given to the setting. This is just the basic book. This is only yeah. the, the main book. Uh, we wouldn't have time to do the world books. I will say, though, that if you like Rift's lore, um, Total Party Skills has a ton of awesome videos on that. Check them out. Of course, tell them Legion Myth sent you. Omen Owl says, Wolfen are just human bitches. That's gross. Well, no. If they're all gross. females, he's right. It's still gross. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh... <laughs> yeah this is what we do don't do it learn from their mistakes <clears throat> never never trust an elf exactly i mean shadowrun even wrote a book is this that. lore in the rifts atlantean world book yes yes it is and it came out after this book so that's why it's not in here and finally so that's why it's in try to use magic missiles it all makes sense now <laughs> <laughs> they use protoculture which is kind of like science magic but you know, it's 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 just as much science magic as Star Trek. So whatever. Uh, well, somebody put in a chat on there saying that the invasive invasion, the invid invasion is my favorite uh, game era of uh, of Robotech. Mm. But so today we're just going to skip to today. Uh, humans dominate the known world. Elves, dwarves and gnomes remain their most trusted allies. Some clans and kingdoms of kobolds. I'm sorry, some clans and kingdoms of kobolds. 20 percent have also become tentative allies of humans, but most, 50%, remain fiercely independent, while others, 30%, associate with their fellow monster races. 
Changelings continue to be persecuted wherever they are discovered. We didn't really talk much about the changelings, but that's uh, fine. Ch changelings are, are are naturally psychic and empathic, and people don't trust that for the most part. Giants and trolls are races on the verge of extinction. Thank countless, goodness. Countless unorganized tribes, clans, and bands of orcs, goblins, and ogres are found throughout the world, and they continue to ravage the Old Kingdom and Belgor wastelands, where their numbers are greatest. The Wolfen Empire grows more agitated, and a declaration of war over disputed borderlands seems inevitable. Theologians fear the repeat of the Elf Dwarf War may be relived by humans and Wolfen. I doubt it. The wolf aren't going to roll over like the dogs they are. <laughs> I see what you did there. Uh, uh, real quickly, hit. Uh, well, there's only one chat, so uh, Riff's Retcon is bogus. Riff's Recon. Oh, oh, Recon, I'm sorry. Bogus. Yeah. I, I don't... Uh, now I don't I have no it, response but, to that. Yeah, the, when, it said, when I thought it said Retcon, I was like, I thought yeah, there might be something in there, but uh, I, don't, I don't know. I'm confused now. All right. Do you want to talk about the kingdoms? Um, well, we, I mean, we need to so somehow, somewhere. Yeah, okay. The, the kingdom of Byzantium. This is a new kingdom of proud seafaring peoples. And you can see it's in the very, very northern tip of the, of the supercontinent. Uh, covered in black. Yeah, right there. Uh, the populace is mo almost exclusively human and is the furthest human kingdom in the known world. Furthest north. Okay, because there's also humans in the furthest south part of the of the remember kingdom. within the last three hundred years we've we've spread, spread out everywhere, right? Yeah. It is much stronger than any of the city states and kingdoms in the eastern territories and has much fewer bloody conflicts with the Wolfen Empire, probably because of their remote location. Yeah, you think? That that's that's a reason why the US flourished after cutting cutting ties with uh with England. We were a sea away. And there was a bunch of dirty, dirty French who can't do anything but surrender above us and uh, and weak, uh, weak neighbors below. So, you know, we were basically left alone. That's why we grew strong. Subscribe for weak French. No, 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 no. Weak, weak Mexicans. Uh, pro professional. Um, what do you call it? Uh, quitters. Yeah. Professional quitters of the French. Okay. Byzantium is considered to be a member of the Dominion of Man and do much of their trade with the Eastern Territory, but is an independent kingdom. See Palladium RPG Book 3, Adventures of the High Seas, 1st or 2nd editions for information about Byzantium. Now, the Great Northern Wilderness. This is, your, this, is, uh, this is your equivalent of Russia and wolves are Russians. All right. <laughs> it's a whole lot of land. You think, wow, they got a lot of land. But there's not a lot of people because most of it is just Siberia. Yeah, basically Siberia. So, you know, whatever. The Great Northern Wilderness is an immense, lightly populated region of forest and snow. There you go. The northern half is covered in a dense, seemingly endless coniferous forest that climbs up the Algor Mountains to the northeast. The lower forest expanse turns into a mix of forest of hardy deciduous trees and conifer trees that stretches down into the northern half of the eastern territory. The wilderness has only recently become the target of a human settlement, primarily along the southern coast and along Ophid's grace, uh, grasslands. Most of the wilderness remains unexplored by humans as well as other races, and even the wolfen who call this land home have not explored or mapped all of it. A good 40% remains unknown, and 60% is not mapped in detail. Oh. The, 
They don't even know what's in their own backyard. Freaking dogs. The Wolven and so Empire the, claims the land's the only good for gulags. Oh, oh, they have no idea what's there. They they have no maps of, of almost half of it, but they claim the entire Great North Wilderness and part of the Northern Eastern Territory is their domain. We peed yeah, on right. all the trees. Yep, they, that's basically their logic. Oh, we peed on it. It's ours. <laughs> However, while the wolf and their kin are found throughout the North, they are strongest along the Al Gore Mountains, where the capital city is located, and along the Algerian Sea coast right into the northern section of the Eastern Territory. Now, if we look at that, uh, yeah, go down a little bit right there. Uh, the the wolf and territory is in black, that giant cyber. Nope, go up a little bit. Oh, up. Up, that's down. Your your military up. There you go. On the left side, the black area is the wolfen, the wolfen territory, yeah. and yeah, the shaded area. The shaded area is what they're calling the Eastern Human Empire, and that that's where they meet. This is the contested area where the wolfen say they have, but the humans say, "No, puppy, go chase your tail." All right, now we will move on to the northern mountains. And as you can see, it's a it's a string, string of mountains from the northernmost part of the continent down to eh, about the middle where where it where it meets the ocean again. These great mountains cut the land of the damned away from the great northern wilderness, running from coast to coast over 1000 miles. Legends say that the gods created the mountains to protect the world from the evil that abounds on the other side. The mountains are populated by a mixture of races with several large, strong communities of kobolds and some of the last troglodyte and gnome clans. Okay, so we're going to find out what's on the other side of the mountain later, but not right now because the next Stop is Ophid's grasslands. Ophid's grasslands are on the good side of the mountains. This is a great flat tundra, largely uninhabited. In the northeast, there exists the Devil's Mark, which is believed to be a dimensional nexus to the Devil's Dimension. The Devil's Mark is shunned by all people. The plains are virtually devoid of life except for a handful of tiny nomadic tribes of orcs, goblins, and bugbear, as well as the occasional lone or small group of human, bearmen, wolfen, Kyle? Coil. Coil? Coil? That's how it's always been pronounced in the games I played. What? Coil? Coil. Coil? Okay. Kankoran and Emrin. The Western Empire has been considering expanding along the southern coast of the grasslands. Well, ah, land of the I hate, damned. I hate coil. Okay. Land of the damned. Here's all, here's all that evil that's on the other side of the mountains that apparently gods put up. Little is known about the, oh, fudge. Little is known about this mysterious region of the north. It is protected from explorers and adventurers by massive mountain ranges along the eastern borders and the sea serpent filled waters along its coasts. The Sea of Despair in the north is particularly dangerous. Hence, you know, they don't call it the Sea of Tranquility. They call it the Sea of Despair. Infest all manner of dreadful beasts and given to terrible storms. No vessel in all of the collective memory of humankind has ever survived passage through the sea. According to some legends, <laughs> the sea serpents are said to be bred by the powers that rule this mysterious land. Legends also speak of mages who practice necromancy and other forbidden magic, as well as a place called the Citadel the center of civilization and power. The land of the damned is believed to be inhabited by giants, ogres, trolls, dragons, demons, and all manner of evil creatures. Do you, do you know why they say that? Uh, the, the, what is it? Uh, da, 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 the necromancy, like uh, 
Legends also speak of mages who practice necromancy and other forbidden magic, because mm-hmm. then the weirdos who want to study necromancy go there and just die. And just die, yeah. That most likely die on the way. Either they way, but they'll make it to the mountains. They're like, hee hee. Oh, you want to learn necromancy? You need to go to the land of the damned. <laughs> yeah, it's basically a trap. Yeah, it's 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 an idiot trap like the lottery. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, exactly. Oh no, nah, cool. huh. yeah. The, the Western, Western Empire. Empire. That's you. Go. Why? Why is it me? It's you now. <laughs> All, All right, human, the oldest, <laughs> the oldest known human kingdom is the Western Empire, bolstered by a massive influx of elven and dwarven refugees. Eh, put them in camps, you know, and some yep. say forbidden secrets of magic. The city-state quickly grew into the first of the great human kingdoms. For nearly 1,500 years, the Western Empire was the power to be reckoned with, and even today remains the largest and most feared of the human kingdoms. Thank you, Atlantis. I mean kind of out there i wonder if this is supposed to be like a roman empire type thing with the mediterranean right there conquered north well, africa I, there's, there's uh, carthage <laughs> uh, the uh the the island of it uh the island of atlantis was actually inside that uh that uh that inland sea area sure but i'm just saying uh, this, this looks like carthage and this looks yeah. like you know yeah anyway. but in, in the inland sea right there like you see you see where can, can you put your mouse over it so other people can see yeah that area that, that's where atlantis was when it before it sank so you know the atlanteans went to the first humans they found which were the western human empire well what would become the western human empire I said wow you're barbarians yeah the western empire has launched many famous campaigns of conquest crusades and expeditionary forces rumors of the last decade suggest empire I guess the empire uh, may be gearing up for a new era of expansion into the old kingdom. That sounds smart. And perhaps, you know, actually, no, that wouldn't be a bad idea. Old kingdoms, all monsters and so forth now, right? Yeah, we don't have to oh, just we don't murder have to them all. Murder them all, stuff. take the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's free stuff. Monsters don't count. They're not people. Right. Uh, into the old kingdom. And perhaps Ophid's grassland in the north. And some fear Fai and Lopan as well. The Western Empire rose to greatness, but quickly slid into decadence. Uh oh. At one point, yeah. Again, quick is relative. You know, it could be of you know two hundred years in human terms. I mean, that's just what one elf life. Not even. Not even. Uh, At one point, the entire empire seemed to be on the verge of collapse, torn apart by despotic leadership, internal skirmishes between city states. Oh, internal skirmish. I put a comma in there that didn't exist. Internal skirmishes between city states, rampant atrocities, fanatical religious cults, thieving murder assassination corruption and general socio social political decay it's kind of like today on twitter yeah you just explained twitter yeah that's that's what that that's what the social media has done it was emperor leopold the first of course it was with his legions from the east armed with weapons of lightning and counseled by the cyclops the cyclops the one and only cyclops okay who conquered the crumbling cities well following... I, I i think i think cyclops and cyclops are the you know it's kind of like deer and deer is it no oh. yeah but, yeah you might be right for some reason i figured it'd be like cyclopsy or something but you're, you're probably right yeah. um the following generations of emperors continued to rout evil malignancies from the land reuniting the city states and rebuilding the western empire again the spires of our cities gleam in the sun, feared and respected as the world's leading power. 
Oh, sorry. Um, the Western Empire has been the throne of human civilization for 6,000 years and remains the most advanced in the ways of magic, but is equally renowned for its continuing decadence, corruption, slavery, blood sport, and cruelty. Oh, it is Rome. Hmm. Oh, we miss Rome, don't we? It's, it's 1,000 gleaming cities are still beset by corruption and dozens of terrible cults. Many cities are, maybe it's India. Actually, it sounds like ancient India to me. Um, many cities are ruled or controlled by powerful thieves guilds, wizards, or assassin societies. How do assassins have societies? Come on now, you lost me with that one. That's like that stupid comic book thing. What's that called? Al Ghul or whatever the hell that... Ray Shabu. Yeah, that nonsense. A bizarre religious cults and sects also thrive among the thronging people of this civilization. The people to the north and the eastern territory call it the Empire of Sin. Oh, it's Las Vegas. <laughs> it's one big Las Hey, for Baltic fans, it's the Magistracy of Canopus. We found it! We're home! The Empire has also become increasingly militaristic, building upon both its fleet and army. Young Lord Itomas speaks boldly of global conquest. He's young. Let him go. Talk about his nonsense. It's okay. And his rumor to... trying to get chicks. Right, exactly. And he knows how to do it. He's got power. He just needs to show it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and his rumor to struck a bargain with the Cyclops, just as his forefathers had done so many generations ago. It is also rumored that Itomas has convinced the ancient hermit wizard, ooh, the ancient, so there's only one, known as the Slayer of Mountains. He's probably the guy that's going to take down the mountains up, up in the north yeah. there and just let everything come across. He's the one necromancer that found his way and came back. Oh, uh, man, there's always got to be one. Damn it. Yeah, right? The Slayer of Mountains is believed to be the greatest living wizard of this age, though few have ever seen him. Oh, it's Clark Kent and Superman. Mm. It's also rumored that it was he who tutored Itamas in the arts of magic. It is no secret that Lord Itamas can kill things with his eyes. Okay, writing got a little weird this last paragraph, but it's okay. Major Sonic with an unnatural, unnatural amount of ISP. He's a mutant. Yep. <laughs> Humans are led by mutants. Oh, and then the, okay, so the Isle of Cyclops is right there. kind of makes sense that uh, people saw him. So the Isle of Homer Simpsons, anybody who played EverQuest knows the reference. This island is populated and ruled by those one-eyed giants. It is a haven for all giants and many of the monster races. You know, for giants, that's a really tiny island. I'm just saying. Mm. When you consider, you know, the, the size of a giant versus the size of a human, it's not a lot of space. Uh, the Western Empire is the only human kingdom known to periodically trade and make alliances with the Cyclops. The Isle of the Four Sisters are also claimed by the Cyclops and are inhabited by griffins, griffons, creatures of magic, and other giant races and their allies. All right. I'm scrolling down for just a second. How many more of these are there? Actually, okay, not, not too many. I'll do the no, Eastern Empire. Eastern Empire. The Eastern Territories geographic. Oh, here, let's look at it first. The hell is it? Oh, that's the Cyclops. So Eastern Territory right here. Remember, that's a disputed land, right? Yeah. And here's the real Eastern Territories. No, 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 no. All the disputed land is only disputed by dirty dogs. So the whole thing is Eastern Territory. The Wolfen will die. Don't worry. Somebody hasn't caught up with his future. I mean, his history. They, they, <laughs> they, will, they will either be collared or killed. Collared or killed. <laughs> hey, you know what? You feed us well. Whatever. You know, uh, 
so I have to perform a few tricks and you know roll on my back every now and again. Eh. Everyone's got to work for their food. Shut up and <laughs> shut up and bounce this on your nose. <laughs> uh, the Eastern Territory is geographically larger than any other of the human kingdoms, but is comprised of hundreds of tiny independent city-states, towns and villages, and a handful of larger fledgling kingdoms, all loosely allied to each other via trade agreements and diplomatic pacts. Oh, it's Europe World War One. There is no one central government or united leadership, which may prove to be its greatest weakness when confronted by a unified enemy like the Wolfen Empire. Furthermore, this so-called territory. Wow, so-called territory. Jeez, even the historians in here are just like, screw it. Uh, is predominantly unexplored wilderness with the oldest and most prosperous kingdoms and communities located along the Great River and Southern uh, Ocean coastline. By contrast, the Western Empire is one of the most densely populated regions in the world. So there are a few people out here. So uh, without getting all racist and so forth, which I don't think is racist, this is kind of like your Mongol steppes, I guess. Well, uh, I'm not talking later on, later on, it gets into the fact that just like now, where 80% of the world's population or 70 or 80% of the world's population lives at or near the coast, it's the same thing for the Eastern Empire. Most of them live at at or near the coast where food is abundant, you know, you know, water flows, you know, all that stuff, lots of rivers, all that good stuff, you know, that it just just makes life more livable. So it's understandable. The civilized areas of the Eastern Territories are dominated by humans, elves, and dwarfs, although gnomes, kobolds, orcs, goblins, ogres, and others inhabit the region. Many of the Eastern communities are boom towns. Woo oh, now I'm picturing Mad Max. And the entire territory is one of fast developing areas, one of the fastest developing areas in the world. Oh, it's Africa. New city states. See, it's like every it's like everywhere Earth. Well, yeah, they, this is a, this is the 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 whole idea of this uh, of this whole world building experience is to, so you you can see parts of the of the uh, current world in all parts of this one because our current world came from here so there's going to be aspects of the current world in this fantasy world and that was purposeful sorry I'm trying to catch up some of the chat I want to star some of these. Um, all right, I'll come back to that a little bit. Okay. Uh, new city, states, towns, villages, outposts seem to appear overnight. But as the humans push beyond the Great River and into the north, they begin to invade the lands claimed by the Wolfen Empire. Worse, the Wolfen and humans share a bloody history of misunderstanding. Yeah, maybe we don't like being scratched behind the ears. Hatred and war since their earliest encounters. And by the way, yeah, all the little Wolfen jokes in chat there, fuck and you. That's actually some of them are actually pretty funny. Um, the land and I and I'll show a couple of them later. <laughs> the land itself is a blend of rolling hills, grasslands, and mixed forests of carnivorous and deciduous trees. The northern half is predominantly dense mix of forest of carnivorous. Wait, did I just? Oh, it's using the no, same words again. Didn't have a stroke. They did. He did it twice. Yeah, it's just okay. bad writing. <laughs> mixed forest of carnivorous. Oh my god, carnivorous and deciduous trees, broken occasionally by light forests and glens. This region is mostly unexplored and uninhabited. Uninhabited. The southern half is covered with lighter mix of forests, broken by the occasional grassland, pastures, farmlands, and new villages. This is the region currently being settled by humans and their allies, with the greatest numbers along the coast. The eastern territory is perhaps the greatest existing sea power, 
And look, there's nothing. If you actually look at the East, wow, I'm a sea power with nothing to. I would rather be a sea power here, and I can just jot across. Um, these territories perhaps create existing sea power rivaled only by the Western Empire and Byzantium. The seaports dot the coastline, and some of the largest, most powerful Eastern cities tower above the sea, as Heathen Dog was saying a little bit ago. Okay, uh, I'll do two more, and then you can finish this up, okay? Okay. Fine, Lopan. Right here, right right here. If you can see me circling, right there. Can you see me circling on the screen? No, you can't. Nope. Wait, can you? Nope. I can't see your mouse. Oh, that's weird. I could before. I can't. Oh, there it is. Yeah, I see it now. I had to click. Okay. Uh, these are both island kingdoms and part of the collective of fledgling nations settling the eastern territory. Both are very developed. With, with dozens of large cities, seaports, and fleets and are quite self-sufficient. Rumors of the Western Empire's expansion of its fleets and armies have made some of the inhabitants nervous. The rich lands would make a nice addition to the Empire. Lopan is a favorite vacation spot for Western nobility and the wealthy. Oh, it's Crimea. And finally, for, well, for me, finally, Old Kingdom Mountains. Look at that little dotted dottedness. These ancient mountains hold the last vestiges of the great kobold kingdoms. The kobold people suffered greatly from the elf dwarf wars. Well, yes, and are slowly losing their place in the era of man. Goodbye. Still, the old kingdom mountains remain the stronghold of kobold kind with an estimated six million. Oh, my God. We haven't six million. Somebody get some freaking kobold traps out there. Jesus. Uh, six. Actually, they would be the ones making the traps. Never mind. Six million nestled in the mountains and several million others, million scattered around the world. How big is this world? These mountains well, were once one supercontinent, so you know, big. Okay. These mountains were once completely dominated by dwarves whose fabulous subterranean kingdoms honeycomb their entire length. The dwarven kingdoms were second in size, power, and glory only to the elves, and behind them were the kobold kingdoms. It was within the hallowed bowels. Yes, bowels is a good word. Of these mountains that the dwarves forged the fabled rune swords. However, the epic battles between dwarf and elf would lay waste to the entire dwarven civilization. Was it 240 elves dropped down, or uh, dwarves dropped down to 6 million? 240 yeah. million to 6 million. Today, some of the old dwarven tunnels have been reclaimed by dwarves, kobolds, troglodytes, or goblins, but most, 70%, are collapsed or crumbling ruins inhabited by the ghosts of the past. And heathen dog can pick us back up All with right. the old kingdom. The old kingdom, or the or the folly of demi-humans. Despite the ancient ruins, drawings, and countless stories about the age of elf and dwarf, none of the young races, as dwarves refer to humans, wolfen, and others, can truly picture what an ancient culture was really like nearly 15,000 years ago. Today, the old kingdom is little more than a desolate wasteland populated by so-called, no, by actual monster races. You called them that yourself <laughs> earlier in the book. They're monster races. Only the occasional elven stronghold towers above the scrub, scrub plains and light forests. Their golden towers and great walls stand as impressive testament to a bygone era. These are among the oldest surfaced cities in the world and a few places on the continent where one will find several thousand elves in any one location. Yet as impressive as these last walled elven cities are, they are old, dirty, and overcrowded tottering relics of an earlier age that might not yet given up the ghost uh, that, that, that's that's a contemporary term from the 90s i know 
The scrub plains, scraggly forest, and parched earth were once lush forests, grassy plains, and farmlands dotted with hundreds of elven villages and towns. Caravan routes crisscrossed the land like giant spiders' web etched into the earth, and hundreds of travelers walked the well-worn roads every day. Well-worn roads. Well-worn roads. Say that three times. Rising up from the hills towered the elven city and citadels where the most powerful kings, wizards, and warriors on the planet once dwelled. It was once said that the elven cities, with their many towers, great stone pyramids, and buildings often as high as 20 stories, looked like giant celestial crown come to rest upon the ground. Stone pyramids are important. Again, uh, stone, uh, stone magic was a thing. It was it was it was one one of the things that was lost in the in the Elf Dwarf Wars, but Atlanteans still knew it. The Elven cities were famous as places of higher learning, magic, and science. An estimated 100 million elves are believed to have once inhabited this rich center of the continent. Not no more. No, not no more. <laughs> the last of the famous Titans also found refuge in these gleaming cities, along with other friendly races like the fledgling humans, as well as clans of submissive goblins, hobgoblins, and orcs, which comprise the heart of the Elven labor force. Okay, I gotta give credit where credit is due. You take a monster race, you beat it in a submission, and you put it to work. That's domesticated what you do. orcs. I'm, I'm, oh, that's my trade. I trade in domesticated orcs. There you go. There you go. <laughs> you know, I got it. I credit where credit is due. They they knew they knew their shit. In the mountains, hills, and low some lowlands, and even under some of the elven cities, laid the innocuous dwarven empire. Except for a handful of surface cities and trading posts, the average surface dweller had no idea what wonders lay beneath their feet. Vast subterranean networks of tunnels, mines, villages, and cities cut through the earth and mountains like a series of massive beehives. Just think of uh, the mines of Moria only everywhere. <laughs> Gates of Thorbarden. There you go. A dwarven city often seemed to appear like a glittering jewel at the end of a dark subterranean tunnel or cave. Magnificent stadiums, cathedrals, and entire cities were carved from bedrock. The walls of these cities were covered in carvings, artwork, and gems. Dwarves have a natural affinity for working stone, thus the walls and archways were often elaborately decorated with intricate carvings, reliefs, gargoyles, and statuary. Tiny, toy-like statues that fit in the palm of the hand were carved with stunning detail and realism, while statues from the size of a human to 100-foot-tall colossus lined the corridors or towered in the center of the underground courtyard or domed meeting hall. The dwarven statues seemed to include every conceivable subject, from aspects of their own culture and religion, gods and dwarven heroes, to surface dwellers, animals, insects, fish, birds, monsters, and more. The material used could be as simple as soapstone, quartz, or bedrock to marble, alabaster, ebony, jade, crystal, silver, and gold. Okay, this Many writing gems. is becoming very Tolkien-esque in its wordiness. Yes. It's like to, it's like to build a fire only about dwarves. <laughs> the material used, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Many use gems, diamonds, sapphires, emeralds, etc., or precious metals for additional ornamentation. But whether a simple stone carving or an ornate work accented with gems or precious metals, the workmanship was always impeccable and the object an exquisite work of art. To this day, dwarven statues, old and new, cut gemstones and jewelry are the most coveted in the world. Where their mighty dwarves tolerated their presence or in the regions not yet claimed by dwarves were kobolds, gnomes, and the occasional tribe of clan of troglodytes or goblins. Tolerated. Hey, if, if, if you're not a slave, then you're just in the way. Two 
The two empires would grow and reach heights of grandeur and knowledge that have never been surpassed. Liar. But it would all come crashing down during 2,000-year-long elf-dwarf war. When the fabled war was over, less than a dozen elven cities remained, and many of those were ravaged by the war. Once 100 million strong, less than 10 million survived. Oh, the hey, that, people... and we were given the wrong number earlier. No, no, it said nine, and it's, that's less than no, 10. No, 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 that was, that was the elf side. Yeah. Oh, oh this, this is, is I'm sorry, side. this is the elf side. Okay, never mind, never yeah. mind. I'm sorry, I thought this was dwarf side. Never mind. Nope, not yet. Uh, we haven't gotten there yet. The uh, lush forest farmlands and plains were obliterated. In many cases, scorched earth and scrawny forests remain of this day, though nearly 6,000 years have since passed. And as terrible as all this may sound, the dwarves suffered far greater losses, with over 230 million lost. You know why? Because of, of all of the bastard non-human races, elves are just better. Sad, but it's the way it is. Mm. The part Define the better. Tragedy, yeah, the part, of, well, better at killing. Obviously. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's that's, that's, that's it's more than a two to one right there. That's pretty good. The part of the tragedy that, that most seem to forget or choose not to discuss is the incredible losses suffered by other races. Titans, already depleted by their number with the war with the old ones, lost another 20% of their kind. The mountain dwelling Rao men who fought on the side of the elves saw 60% of their race obliterated. Millions of orcs, goblins, and hobgoblins and kobolds fighting on both sides were slaughtered, and yet, and yet I seem not to care. Half of <laughs> there's still millions later. around. What the hell? Yeah, there, yeah, there's still plenty more. They're like cockroaches. Who cares? Uh, bloodthirsty gnomes and troglodytes are among the innocents caught in the crowd. Troglodytes are innocents. Ninety percent of the gnome race was decimated, along with seventy-five percent of the troglodyte race. Hobgoblins also saw their numbers reduced by ninety percent, although their involvement in the war was far from innocent. Yeah. Why the old kingdom, then a new kingdom, was so heavily populated by subterranean people remains a mystery. Some dwarven legends suggest that the old kingdom was the birthplace of many of the modern races and the place where the few surviving archaic races, elves, titan, changeling, and dragon, finally came to rest after their titanic battle with the old ones. That's possible. Excuse me, that's possible. The same legend suggests that the eastern mountains that separate the old kingdom from Tamiro is the spine of of Zai himself, the most powerful and evil of the legendary monsters. That, that, that's a lie. Many insist that the Tristan Chronicles seem to support this theory because this often quoted passage. And I don't want to quote disinformation, so I won't. <laughs> Zai, the ruler of the Old Ones, was often referred to simply as Great Old One. Many scholars insist that this passage from the Tristan Chronicles provides Zai slumber somewhere below the southeastern mountain chain of the Old Kingdom Mountains. That is a lie. He is he is trapped in a pocket dimension. Shh, don't spell. Don't don't. Hey, I, I'm secret. just telling, I'm telling like it is. There's nothing unusual about the mountains and no expeditions by man or dwarf have been able to find any evidence of the great old one lies anywhere beneath them. Of course, less than one percent of the mountain subterranean depths have been plumbed. Most scholars agree that the burning mountain is a reference to Mount Nimrod, which has been an active volcano since recorded history, which may have rested closer to the inland sea some 30 to 60,000 years ago. Okay, time out here for a second. Yeah. Why is it that I recognize the Mount Nimrod name, but I don't rec uh, recognize the Mount Nimrod name? Is that from another game? Mount Nimrod? Uh, Nimrod. Not, not, the, not the, the, you're such a Nimrod, but, the, but there's yeah. a... I, I could have sworn that 
Mount Nimrod is in a, a, a Palladium game that we played or some other game that we played because I didn't recognize Mount Nimrod, but as soon as Mount Nimrod came, I was like, yeah, I remember that for some reason. At least the name. Okay. I don't know All why. Right. No the problem. Old Kingdom is a warm, humid land with sprawling plains, deserts, marshlands, subtropical forests to the south, and rolling hills, lush lowlands, and scattered forests to the north and east. Ironically, only a handful of elven cities remain in the, not ironically, like we understand, like 90, over 90% of your people are dead. It's not ironic that only a couple of things, that was just a dumb, dumb sentence. The rest of their race, uh, the rest of their once grand kingdom is a domain of monsters. Humans have established a few outposts along the northern coast and near the eastern territory, but I found the hostile monster race is too much to deal with at this time. Now I think we should go to chat. Okay. Maybe you got startup. I got a lot of them startup. Well then let's let's keep going it. back. Um rolled a newspaper to fight the wolfen. Asshole. Wolfen a couple of major vulnerable spots. Scratch them behind the ears, rub the tummies. Surrender on the spot. This is not Battle Lords of the 23rd century where you check the sidetrack and, <laughs> and where they where you dangle some string in front of them and the cats all of a sudden start playing. I bet if a wizard threw one, the wolfen would run for him. Are we done now? I don't know. Let's find out. <laughs> <laughs> 6,000 years of cat girls. That, that, that For a lot of people, that would be utopia. <laughs> for the eastern territory it's a combination of the wild west and early medieval europe yeah it's kind of city status yeah 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 i can see that i don't know why i starred that one i don't know why either <laughs> yeah, nobody yeah. triggered me you didn't trigger me the wolfen will rise again <laughs> uh eating cobalt lengthens your lifespan spread the word and they'll be harvested and <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, you'll get that some Spanish explorers looking for him in Florida. That was a good one. Uh, and assume landmass this world's equivalent of Pangea. Maybe. Yeah. I, I, I mean, yeah. it does. To be fair, it doesn't matter to me. I think somebody posted in there like there might be a, uh, uh, you know, a map with mileage. It doesn't matter. I can make it as big as I want. I'm sure there is though. Um, like I said, the old kingdom exists in story to explain where dungeons come from. Sure. And finally, I think you started this because I don't think I started this one. I started this one, yes. Uh, Zai became Toth. Okay, uh, you brought it up. I wasn't going to bring it up, but brought up in chat, which means it's Are we now. spilling information that the average person isn't going to know and is going to ruin their game? It's not, the average person can buy the, uh, the other book and get it. Jeez. Uh, Zai uh, was, was, uh, was an old one, and uh, a lot of the... Uh, in Before the, the revolt against the old ones, uh, one of the old ones was captured in a in a, a specially created magic circle and transformed into the god Toth with his memories erased. And it's said that that uh, that the god Toth actually came up with the spell to put all the other old ones asleep. And then Brahma, Zarvan, and many other gods actually powered that spell and keeps them asleep to this day. So yes, yeah, an old one. Uh, Toth was was an old one, but doesn't remember that, and he he doesn't care. Everybody's trying to tell me where I got Nimrod from. No, no, I'm I'm talking specifically Palladium. I could have swore that there was something Palladium. Maybe I was just misreading it, or maybe I just 
I don't know. Maybe every time I saw Nimro, I thought it was Nimro, but whatever. Um, so, uh, Mount Nimro. Uh, it's roughly, it's a place of giants. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> the Balgor Wastelands. This one's actually kind of uh, important. Is Nimro really important to Palladium? People can read it on the screen. No, right? no, yeah, okay. no, not really. The Insloth is going to be important, and I think Belgor Wastelands are important as well. So, Belgor Wastelands, yeah. this is a vast terrain of rocky lowlands. Oh, hold on. Stop, stop. Is this the Bel No, that's... Uh... Crap, where... Is this Belgor? Occasional patches of grass, blah, blah, blah. Today, the Belgor is populated by... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, okay, okay. At, at the top, yeah. No, no, no. Okay. At the, just, at the top yeah, of no, page no. 286. I just want to make sure that wasn't the Timidro Kingdom. Yeah, right there. Yeah, okay. I think that's it. Got it. So people can see that. Uh, this is a vast. Uh, okay, this is a vast terrain of rocky lowlands, parched earth, and deserts. Occasional patches of grass or scrub appear here and there, but for the most part, the land is desolate. It's hard to imagine this forbidding land could have been could ever. Oh my God! It's hard to imagine this forbidding land could have ever been a lush forest and home to the greatest of the ancient elven cities. Today. The Balgor Wastelands is populated by nomadic tribes of orcs. There's a slap in the face. Ha <laughs> ha! Orcs are here now. <laughs> um, uh, and the occasional band of goblins, hobgoblins, kobolds, ogres, lugaru, I don't know what that is, Indroth, and weird other names of things that I don't want to talk about. Larger numbers of goblins, ogres, and kobolds, as well as trolls, can be found in the lowlands and mountains that form the bowel. Oh. I know it says bowl. I know! But it said bowels above. I want to say bowels again. I <laughs> contain the wasteland. According to some local myth, the gods of light and darkness were involved in the conflict that created the wastelands. Okay, now we're starting to mix our history up a little bit there, because wasn't that during the human times? All right. Now, I say Timiro only because it just looks Japanese to me. I think, uh, what'd you call it? The Timiro? Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't uh, yeah, however it's pronounced, it's pronounced. This is one of the human's oldest kingdoms, rich with merchants and paraphernalia. Oh, I love paraphernalia. From across the world, it remains the wealthiest and most influential of the independent human kingdoms. Its greatest woe is the numerous... Its greatest woe? Okay, that's going to be stuck in my brain for a while. Is the numerous wandering tribes of ogres and orcs who continually lay waste to the border towns and interrupt land trade between the old kingdom, Wester, not Western anymore, it's just the Western Empire and the Eastern Territory. The ogres inhabit the mountains which border the Timiro kingdoms, providing them with natural defenses. For more information, blah, 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 you can read the books. And finally, I think it's fine. Oh, no, we got Yinsloth. Land of the South Winds. Now, look at that. This is South. Apparently, it's windy. Let's find out why. The land of the south winds is an expansive, flat land of arid, short grass plains and numerous marshes and swamps. Well, I know why it's windy. It's all flat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The southern coastline is the tail of the Insloth jungles and is unexplored. This inhospitable environment is one of the reasons the territory has never been fully developed, even though it is one of the oldest human-held lands. If, if it's inhospitable and never been fully developed, is it really held? By anybody i'm just you know saying yeah. it's, it's more like no one wants it so whatever we we call it uh, the, the south winds is largely populated by humans and kobolds it is a fairly strong sea power trading primarily with the timidor kingdom and the western empire as well as suspected of piracy really Arg matey that's where the pirates come from the swamplands yep. compared to the other pirates of the kingdom. south winds well, oh it's pirates of florida 
There you go. Got it. Florida it's man. Sand. We Florida found man sand. lives there. <laughs> yeah, marshes and swamps, lots of flat land. Florida man. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> it's the poorest of the lot and geographically segregated. It's got all types of trailer barns. Yeah. Uh, all right, and finally, and finally, before we show you a map, and because this, because uh, I know there's nothing after the map. Um, the Yin Sloth Jungles covers much of the southern hemisphere and remain almost entirely unexplored. It is a place of archaic religions, ancient gods, and monstrosities of all sorts. It is a primeval land steeped in mystery and superstition that is avoided by humans and most, uh, most others to the north. See much more information about this in Book 7, Yin Sloth Jungles, which there, apparently there's going to be a second edition book that comes out. And the uh, Flonery? Floenry, yep. Floenry Isles are a chain of islands populated by barbaric humans and non-human races southeast of the jungle. An air of mystery exists concerning them and is rumored that the last of the elven lords took refuge on them. Some believe a civilization of warrior elves still exists on one of the islands. The elven version of the Amazons? Okay. And here we go. Uh, a little bit better filled out map so you can see some of the th places we were talking about. Pan and Phi specifically, Eastern territories. Land, okay, so land of the South Winds was actually over here. So this was the Insloth. So when you look at these maps, this is the Insloth. There isn't one for land of the South Winds. Got it. So see land of the South Winds. Hopefully you can see my mouse. And the Insloth, Bulgar no, Wastelands. There, oh yeah, there we go. Yeah. Mount Nimrod, Mount Nimro. Okay, so oh, they're so they're paired. Got it. There you go. The domain of man. Okay. And after that, it goes into play races, which we already covered. Woo. Yeah. That took a little longer than I thought, but it was fun. Yeah, that was good. So, uh, stop sharing. It's okay. Uh, since I don't have chat up effectively on the screen, I'll let you poke out some chat that you think is good. Like at everything. Okay. Uh, let's see up. here. So, uh, do, do, do. Uh, Darth says, yeah, yeah, Sai only ever messed up one spell and that was it. Yeah, uh, he, he was trying to do something and he screwed himself over, which, which, uh, which, which gave the, the beings of light who would, who would rebel against, uh, against the old ones, the, the, uh, ability to turn him into, you know, a force that they could use to destroy the other, or at least defeat the other old ones. Uh, Nimrod was a Bible figure. Mighty King and Hunter. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I, but there's a Palladium context that for some reason it might just be this. Maybe I saw. Maybe it's this map or something. You know that that I saw Nimrod and didn't see Nimro because you know calling people a Nimrod was fun. Balgor is west of the mountains, isn't it? Um, uh, west of the Insloth, the mountains that protect from the Insloth. Well, it's actually east of those. Well, yeah, it's east of those mountains, but it's it's west of the Old Kingdom mountains. Let's do this again. See, it, yeah, it's right there. Mountains. It's west of it's west of the old kingdom, but east of the the Yin Sloth jungles. So yeah, I mean to be fair, it doesn't matter. You could buy. I mean, and this isn't to uh, Kevin Sullivan, but to everybody out there, if we weren't a hundred percent accurate on that, you could buy the book and you know have the map yourself. Uh, I saw I saw one on here. I wanted to look at. Balgor Wasteland is south of the inland. Oh, yeah, he's answering. He's answering. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Uh, I can only got a moment ago. Only got here a moment ago. 
uh, isn't the basis for the world the Pangea lamp? Yeah, basically, yes. Maybe. It, 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 yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's what was in Kevin's mind, but it looks but, like it could be. Yeah, that's what it looks like, yeah. Uh, da, 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 da. Let's see here. <laughs> well, Max, we're in the show. We're at the end. <laughs> no, we're at the end of section segment one. And we, we just uh, went through all of the kingdoms and empires and and where they're located in the world of Palladium Fantasy. Some of the hist historical lore and yeah. And it was some actually, of the historical lore of the time frame. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Yeah. All right. That was good. All right. Well, um, as always, uh, please subscribe, like, share. Uh, now, next week, next week, even though I was going to put up a poll, but I decided not to. Go ahead, people in chat. Go ahead. Sorry for people who are commenting, but Heathen Dog needs time to set this up. Uh, but uh, people in chat, go ahead and put... He's only going to make a human. He's already said that. We can't convince him to make anything else, so don't try. Uh, what OCC, PCC, RCC, whatever CC is out there in, within this book, within the main book that we've kind of covered... Do you want to see Heathen Dog mate? It could be a man at arms. It could be uh, the Diabolist. It could be, uh, that's not Leyland Walk. What the hell is it called here? Um, I guess just Wizard. The Mind Mage. It could be, uh, it could be the Merchant. Think of the Merchant. <laughs> Priest of Light. Priest of that Light. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Paladin. Fine. So, what, 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 uh, whatever, um, and you can look Necromancer them up Necromancer isn't in the main book, is it? Yeah, I, I don't think so. I, I don't remember seeing it. Maybe. So, yeah, whatever's in the main book, you can look up the OCCs so you know what we'll be moving into segment two here. But uh, go ahead and put into chat, and that's what uh, and that's what he will should be what Priest of Darkness. See, th people always do that. They know what you don't want to do, <laughs> and they put it in there. Uh, but yeah, go Druid. ahead and we'll see we'll see what uh see it chat. Well, Druid's not so bad. Yeah. And uh um Max and I, well he he's going to he's going to witness, but everyone's going to be able to witness the stats. Cuz I'm if you go to our Discord, Discord has a special function where you can roll certain, you know, dice and it'll give you a result. And I'm going to roll all my stats on Discord so there'll be a record. So there'll be plenty of witnesses. Okay, nobody is saying. Is there a Janissary in the main book? I don't remember seeing that in the main book. No, it might be. Got to be in the main. It's got to be in the this book. Uh, oh, I already closed it out. And mine's over there. My force powers aren't working right now. Um. So yeah. Uh. Anyway. So next week he's going to make a character, and from there, then we move on to. Heroes Unlimited. Now, uh, how we're going to handle Heroes Unlimited is going to be just a touch different, not too much, but a touch different than how we handled this. Uh, what we're going to do is we've got to, because we don't know what people watch, so we have to cover the attributes and all that nonsense again. I know for some of you that might be boring, but somebody might not watch the Palladium Fantasy videos and might only watch the Heroes Unlimited videos. Right. Um, so we have to cover that again. Well, how we're going to handle the the because there's no OCCs there necessarily. No, ed, there's education. Yep. That that dictates the number, quantity, and uh, and percentage increase of skills rather than OCCs. No OCCs, right? At all. 
it's your education that dictates how much you know, because this is a modern day uh, society. And if you want to know more, you got to go to school more. I'm just trying to see if Max, I'm wearing shorts. I always wear shorts for this. I have like 800 pairs of basketball shorts. Sorry that they right there. Here, here. I'll drop them down so they look like real shorts right now. It just so happens when I sit there and now I'll grab my Palladium Fantasy. And I will trap my. There, you got a, little, got a little leg action. There. It's got to be from this book. <laughs> there. Whatever he makes next week. It's got to be from this book. Um, but uh, the, the other thing is, is I want to cover. I, we're going to be doing second edition. I'm about to pull a non-second edition book. He has second edition. I do not. However, I have revised. Um. We're going to cover the uh, what do you call these things? What do they call the classes in this one, or the or the like the alien like templates. What are they called? I forget. Bionics. We're going to cover two two to three of those per episode until we get through them. We'll figure out exactly how many. So that means we can talk about them quite deeply. Um, each one, because I mean, when you get to like the techno dude, is uh, what's he called? It's not the techno wizard. That's riffs. What's the technology guy called here? The uh, genius. Um, something the, like that. Yeah. The mechanical, electrical. Yeah. Uh, let's see. There's magic. Oh god, oh, that magic. Blanking. Mutants, physical training. I god, I forgot how many there are. Psionics. God, there are a million of these things. Oh, he, uh, robotics. That's right. You can play a robot. <laughs> I forgot about well, that. There is a chart in the beginning of the book where you can randomly roll. Yeah, that's true. Special training. Oh, no, no. That's this. I don't like this that's one. That's Batman. Yeah, I do not like this. I'm Batman. Least, the ancient master I, I don't like, I should say. Uh, okay. Well, yeah, it's a, I don't know. It's one of them anyway. There are a bunch, as you can see, as I was flipping through, there are a bunch of different ones. We're going to cover one to two three i don't know i have to talk with heathen doug because he knows the uh, heroes unlimited way more than i do i'm not a superhero game fan uh and find out what what'll work to make it about an hour hour and a half long stream because of course we'll turn that into two and a half hours so Easy. Um, and we're and so we'll cover maybe we'll just cover one a week you know that'll just spread it out more that's fine we'll just cover special training but we'll figure that out uh and uh, that's how we're going to do it because because these aren't OCCs. There's so much involved with each one. Just because I make an alien doesn't mean like an alien's an alien's an alien. Like there's so much to pick within there and we're going to cover all of that. So did anybody come up with anything? Gadgeteer. That's that's one of them. No, 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 no. Gadgeteers and ninjas and super spies. That's a ninjas and super spies. That's not that's not heroes unlimited. Uh, anyway <laughs> so again again folks the class he's making for next week is from this book god has to be from second edition palladium fantasy no other no other book just palladium fantasy i'll even read them off real quickly before we go into se uh, segment two uh skills clear so we have priest of light priest of darkness warrior monk druid Mercenary warrior, soldier, longbowman, knight, paladin, ranger, thief, assassin. Merchant, noble, scholar, squire, a vagabond. Okay. Uh, do, 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 wizard, warlock, 
Which Diabolist Where's the summoner? There's a summoner and elementalist in here too. I know that. There is. Oh, that's the warlock. Okay. The warlock and, is the elementalist, oh, but there, oh, there is I missed the summoner because it's way at the bottom. Okay, yeah. summoner. Um, and then the psychic ones of thanks for having even a table of contents that can't be followed. Whatever the psychic ones are. Jeepers, creepers. There's the uh Psychic oh here the... it is. Psychic sensitive, psi healer, psi mystic, mind mage. Right. There you go. Those are all the classes to pick from that he the can make. Psy Otherwise, mystic is the one you don't like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then from there, you know, if if nobody can uh if we don't get like a consensus in chat, well he will just pick whatever he wants. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh you know what? I didn't actually do this. I don't want all of that on the YouTube video, so most of this is gonna be missed. I mean, I suppose I could put it there, but you just have just to cut a, a bit. I was uh, I don't edit. <laughs> well, guess what? No. Okay. Let's go into segment two now. Well, hang is on. He the... First, I have to I have to ready purge? myself. He now has to go purge. Yeah, I I, I got to go vomit up my soul so it's not harmed. <laughs> he hasn't even seen it. I gave him a little inkling of what's to come. Yeah, I don't like science. Just like I don't like sorcerers. Like, I don't like sorcerers in D&D. I think it's lame. They don't have to work for anything. It's my bloodline. Shut the hell up. Soldiers are good. I think soldier would be. We've got a scholar, soldier. We've got, like, every class. I really feel like every class has been mentioned up there. It's going to be human. Who, uh, who mentioned da, 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 da. <laughs> Diablo since he disliked the OCC? <laughs> you guys are mean. Um, the as far as world books go, this is for both Rifts and Palladium's fantasies. Uh, fantasies, wow, because there's more than one apparently. Um, the plan right now is no, but if we have more time at the end of the year, yes. We don't want to do it now because we know like Heroes Unlimited is going to take a long time, especially with how at least I I think it's going to take a long time. And then uh, you know we've got Beyond the Supernatural to do. We've got uh, what else? Uh, and of course riffs but we're gonna be doing chaos earth because he's already done a lot of riffs videos see of course dolly pop likes sorcerers <laughs> hey dolly pop how you doing uh yeah well we'll see <laughs> it's spread all over the place i kind of like the fact that you guys are like voting for like everything that just shows that there's interest in a whole bunch of stuff or just interest in making heathen dogs life hell either way i'm happy he insulted wolfen uh, <laughs> all right, all right let's, uh, let's get on with the shit show okay oh god and for segment two today we're going to talk about how tampons of the coast can ruin yet something else and this time they're going to ruin the beloved dragonlance that is right Go ahead and read our disclaimer. If you don't like what we have to say, I don't care. All right, it's time to share some screens. Sharing my screen. Oh, you know what? Nope, nope, nope. I, I got it. I'm going to be looking sideways the entire time. Nope, not that one. Go away. Where'd it go? I lost it. It's gone. Did I seriously lose it? 
Not in that way, people. Oh, it merged. Merged. Okay. Found it. What is this? Oh, yeah. People on YouTube are like, oh my God, get to the point. This is a live stream, folks. This is a live stream. Share. Share screen. Get that back up on the screen. Share. Okay, I didn't see the chat. Oh, how to ruin everything. Yeah, this is a perfect example of how to ruin everything I touch. All right, couple things, couple disclaimers about this. Number one, this is playtest material. This is not necessarily the final product. It, it could get worse. It could get worse. Um, so yeah, it, um, let's just start. Let's just start. I got comments, but let's just start. Right, zoom in a little bit so we okay. can all read it. Stop popping up on the screen. Uh, the reason, by the way, the reason why I'm doing it this way is because I'm going to be comparing it to the real Dragonlance book a little bit as well. All right, so Heroes of Kryn, Unearthed Arcana 2022 by blah, 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 some weird people and this asshole right here. Um, this document presents a new race and subclass as well as a variety of new feats and feat-related options to play test for Dungeons and Dragons. Yay! Kender. Short statured beings have a knack for producing the right tools in every situation. Already uh, tricking you. Already, already tricking you. Already. Wow. Basically, uh, actually, I got called the bad guy from World War II for joking about blocking Watsy on Twitter. <laughs> I actually have Watsy blocked on my Twitter. Do you? Yeah. I don't block. The thing is, I don't block anybody on Twitter. Like, if you want to be the fool, I want to see it because I will troll it to. How did I not get kicked off of Twitter two weeks ago? Whatever. Anyway, um, sorcerer subclass, lunar magic subclass allows sorcerers to explore deeper ties to the moons. Why are sorcerers even a thing? Backgrounds: the knight, not knights, the knight of Salamnia and the mage of high sorcery backgrounds. Provide access to feats specific to the organizations. Don't there okay. there it's in, in Dragonlance, it's it's literally a killing offense to practice magic above third level without being in in one of the societies of high sorcery. It's literally a killing offense. After level three. After level three. Yeah, if, well, you're a renegade at level four, yep. Yep. Okay. Feats. This collection of feats present. I mean, we don't play fifth edition, so feats don't really mean much to us. So again, this is playtest material. So let's be, be a little fair to it. Create your character. When you create a DD character, decide whether your characters will be a member of the human race or one of the game's fantastical races. I'm surprised that word's allowed. We could say, um, what's the word you're not allowed to say anymore? Mystic? No, um, starts with an E. I don't know. Uh, if you create a character using what's that? Ethnic races. <laughs> no, 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 no. There's something that you'd um, use for enchanting. Enchanting oh, races. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you create a character using race options presented here, follow these additional rules during character creation. Okay. Ability score increases when determining character's ability scores. Increase one of those scores by two. Increase a different score by one. Or increase three different scores by one. No, if you play a Kender, you increase your dex by two. But I want to be a strong Kender. Then you're not playing a fucking Kender. I want to be a Kender with a high wisdom. Then you're definitely not playing a Kender. So wait, uh, e even humans get get these stack increases. Yes, instead of this. 
but it, but it makes sense for humans to have it across the board to wherever they want. It doesn't make sense for the other races to have that. I'm going to be an uh, elf and raise my strength by two and my con by one. Because, you know, that makes sense. Uh, none of the scores can be raised above 20. Which is, again, that's normal 5th edition D&D nonsense. So I'm not, I'm not worried about that. Okay. So, oh yeah. <laughs> Wait till we see lifespan. Language, your character can speak, read, write, comment, blah, blah, blah. Creature type. Every creature in D&D, including player characters, special tag, and the rules identifies the type of creature. Blah, blah, blah. Lifespan. Typical lifespan of a player character in D&D multiverse is about a century. What? Apparently, apparently all that magic healing that they've got that can't get people out of wheelchairs has lengthened lives. So wait, even elves? No, 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 no. Oh, uh, oh. Members oh, no, of no, some no. races, no. such as dwarves and elves, can yeah. live for centuries, a fact noted in the description. Okay, good. All yeah. right. But humans, humans don't live to 100 in, you know, in in these settings they just don't and and ogres and orcs they they they're lucky to live to 40 or 60 that's exotic. right it was exotic there it exotic. is that was it that was it thank you darth okay blah 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 are you ready to learn about kender i'm ready to learn what they think kender are okay so let's learn about kender kender are small enough to resemble human children though they are more heavily muscled Males are typically three foot seven tall and weigh 75 pounds, blah, blah, blah. Kender typically have sandy blonde, I don't care. Kender are distinctive for their pointed ears that give them a faintly elven look. They are bright eyed and their facial expressions are quite intense. No one seems to look as happy, uh, look as happy as a joyful Kender or as miserable as a crying one. And if you read the novels that is all throughout the book, when Tasselhoff was happy, he brought everybody up. When he was sad, he brought everybody down. Like you, you just felt the emotion pouring off of him. Angry Kender using taunts and insults can be shockingly vulgar and can look quite devilish for a few moments. Kender taunt is a real thing. The intensity of emotion can be infectious. That's an important paragraph. Remember that paragraph, because Pete and Dog would say, put a pin in that one. Okay. Kender have been called wizened because the fine... Uh, I don't care. Uh, Kender have wide range from deep... That, that doesn't matter. History. Kender spread throughout Ancelon during the Age of Dreams. The little is said of them uh, in official histories. This is all part of the Greystone. Okay. Kender are cursed dwarves, if I remember correctly. Are they cursed dwarves or cursed dwarves. gnomes? Uh, no. Uh... Yeah, no, they're cursed dwarves because the, the, the gnomes became tinkers and the Kender right, became right. curious. Do, do, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they were following the, the Greystone and the ones that kept going became gnomes and the ones that settled at the shore where they last saw the Greystone became Kender, something like that. I, I'm not entirely certain. Uh, so, philosophies. Four things make a Kender's personality drastically different from that of a typical human. Now, I, I want to I read this slowly. Four things make a Kender's personality drastically different from that of a typical human. Kender have what's called biological, was it bioessentialism? They're required to act certain ways. Kender are utterly fearless, insatiably curious unstoppably mobile and independent and will pick up anything that is not nailed down this will become very important when we read through the fifth edition nonsense uh though kender with claw hammers will get those things as well a little funny anecdote there because it's trying to express to you that kender pick up everything they're like your dog when you drop something on the floor it doesn't care if it's a nail or you know a piece of hamburger it just puts its nose there and licks it up for some fucking reason 
The fearlessness that all Kender possess gives them a strong sense of confidence. They are quite carefree and matter of fact about a situation, even if things look hopeless and grim. No sense in running away now. There are 500 goblins surrounding us. Again, read the novels. You'll see how Tass acts in these situations. Kender react effectively to dangerous situations, fighting hard and fearlessly. They sometimes come up with bizarre tactics, blah, 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 blah. They, they appreciate the need for caution, but their uncontrollable curiosity gets them into trouble on adventures. They have no fear, literally no fear. They feel a little uneasy around certain things. No fear. Okay. Curious. We get this. Uh, the strong-willed Kendra are not prone to consider all possible results of their behavior. Yeah, you know. Um, Kendra have wanderlust. Okay. Thieves versus handling. Kendra concept of personal property and theft deserves special attention. Because many Kendra develop thieving talents, most people assume they are merely innocent-looking but sneaky burglars. This is just not so. The intense curiosity that a Kender feels feeds his desire to know how locks can be opened. It's not about, like, look, uh, let me let me backtrack. A, a Kender city, village, is not made of houses in any sort of order. They walk through each other's houses, and if a door is locked, everybody has to sit around and, and pick it. Not because they're like, what, what are you hiding? Or I got to get this stuff inside. She's like, ooh, it's a lock. Why would somebody lock it? That is so interesting. Let's pick it and see what's back there. Oh, it was just a boring room. Oh, ooh, what is that over there? It's fucking, oh, shiny. They're squirrels, okay? Like, and again, this is going to be important as we read through the 5e nonsense. Uh, the intense uh, the intense curiosity that Kendra feels feeds its desire, blah, blah, blah. And how to reach into, okay. How to approach people unseen and listen in on conversations and how to reach into pockets and pouches to find interesting things to look at. Thieving comes naturally to them, so naturally they do not see it as thieving. Kender do not steal for the sake of profit. First of all, they have little concept of value, so they don't understand. It's not respect. The word to use is not respect. They don't understand personal property. They don't understand value. What they understand is curiosity. They probably don't even understand that. They just are curious. Uh, faced with a choice between a 2,000 steel piece diamond, and so steel piece, by the way, is the currency used in Korean. Faced with a, ch a choice be uh, between a 2,000 steel piece diamond and a huge glittering chunk of purple glass, 90 candor out of 100 will take the glass. The rest will take both. We'll get rid of the diamond first. Again, take those little humorous you know, anecdotes to mean something. They pick things up out of curiosity and wander off with them. Sometimes the owner of an item leaves before the Kender can give the item back. That's that's every time. That's every time. <laughs> or else the Kender becomes enchanted with the item and forgets to return it. While adventuring, a Kender regards anything found in an enemy stronghold as fair games for picking up. As such items are marvelous curios and might prove useful later on. Even if caught red-handed while taking an item, the range of excuses a Kender will offer is amazing. Oh, I guess I found it somewhere. Oh, I forgot I had that. Well, you walked off before I could give it back. I was afraid someone else would pick it up. You must have dropped it. You put it down. I didn't think you wanted it anymore. Oh, maybe it fell into my pocket. Do you see how stupid these are? But this is, it's intentionally stupid. So you understand how they just do not, so you understand how they don't understand the idea of personal property or thievery. I saw two articles written about this before I even read what we're going to go into next that say, 
the problematic uh what was it i actually wrote it down because uh oh the problematic lack of respect for personal property it's not problematic it's one comic relief let's be honest this is partially comic relief and two it's to explain it away so that people can go ha 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 without you know thinking that somebody's just being a dick all the time okay now kender are lined with the innocence blah 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 society Etc. Etc. So what do they get? Minus one to strength, plus two to dex. That's what that's what they're supposed to get. Okay. Don't care about society. What I do care about. Oh, here we go. Kender pockets. This is the other thing we have to go over before we go back into the five E thing. If there are Kender in a, in a party of adventurers, the DM need the DM DM needs to keep track of the items in the Kender's pocket. By the way, guess how many items there are? One hundred. Possibly. That, well, it's supposed to be 100, yeah. It's not necessary to keep a separate chart for each Kender in a group, since two or more Kender in a party tend to borrow from each other conscious, uh, continuously. This chart must have at least 100 spaces for entries. The first 92 are always filled. The first 82 on the chart consist of relatively harmless items that a Kender might pull out of his pockets, although you never know what use they might have. This is followed by 10 objects that start out as harmless items, but can be exchanged for more useful objects as Kender collects things on his adventures. Slots 93 and above are filled one at a time with either a harmless item, basic equipment item from the player's handbook, and a magic item. As you go up in level. Hmm? Oh, it's just there. It's, nope, it's, uh, it's yeah, as you go up in level. Are filled, oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, as Kender goes up in level, these slots should be filled. You're right, you're right. Uh, harmless items are the type of things you find in kids' pockets all the time. String, nails, feathers, stones. Again, I'm reading this stuff off because it's going to become relevant later. Take any item that suits your fancy and place it here. No items bigger than bread boxes, please. Um, basic equipment. Select an item of basic equipment from the basic equipment list in the player's handbook. Be as random as possible in the determination. The object cannot be larger than the Kender can reasonably conceal. It'll be quite large if the Kender has a bag of holding. And finally, magical item using the treasure table three and, you know, okay. Kender pocket grab. I'm going to slow down a little bit on this. This is what happens when you roll a D100. And you reach for something. Oh, I got a feather. Oh, I got some purple stones. Oh, I got some marbles. Some string, animal teeth, whistle. You, you, get, you see what's going on here? Those are, and yeah, a useful map. Apparently, all the 83s and 92 are all maps. <laughs> and then the 93 to 100s are the special items as indicated above, right? Now, Kender, Taunt, and Fearlessness. Kender have two unique special abilities, Taunt and Fearlessness. Well, let's not worry about Taunt. Let's go into Fearlessness. Immunity to natural fear emanating from monsters such as dragons. I don't know if that's natural, but okay. Uh, Androsphinxes and demons. And to magical fear generated by wands or created by spells such as cause fear. Immune. Doesn't say a immune. bonus to save. Not a roll. Not resistant. Immune. All right. I think that's enough. All right. We're at now, now go to the nonsense. <sighs> Sorry for the history lesson, especially since we've done it before. I think you I think you went too far. There you go. There it is. Kender trait. Well, yeah, I had to go to the other side. As a Kender, you have the following racial traits. You're humanoid. You're small. Your walking speed is 30 feet. I guess that's normal for 5e. I don't know. Uh, you're brave. You have advantage on saving throws you make to avoid or end frightened condition on yourself. Okay, again, nerfed. Nerfed, yep. Kender ace. Starting at third level, you possess a magical ability. Not curious. 
magical ability. To pull an item out of a bag or another container. As a bonus action, you can reach into the container you're carrying and roll in the Kender Aces table to determine what item you pull out. The object glimmers softly. Now, somebody's going to be like, who cares if it's magical or not? It, go, it gets away from the bioessentialism of Kender and into this nonsense... Five, did the dog walk away? I missed it. Into this, nine, this nonsense 5e realm of everything's magic. I've, if Chimerian's still here, you can do it with me, Chimerian. Magic. The object glimmers softly and disappears after an hour. Oh, so it's a fucking cantrip. You can use this bonus action a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus, and you regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. Well, let's see what's here. Oh, 5d6 gold pieces. One simple weapon of your choice that has the light property. One item of your choice from the adventuring gear and player's handbook. A random item from the trinkets table in the player's handbook. Your choice of a crowbar or a grappling hook. Why the fuck would a kender have a grappling hook? A crowbar, I can see. One item of your choice from the tools uh, tools table in the player's handbook. Must okay, cost see, no more th this is way too much player agency. Way too much. Oh, we much haven't got to the player agency, agency yet. <laughs> All, no, no, we have. We've already gotten there. Your choice, oh. your choice, yep. your choice, your choice. Well, Omen Owl, they shouldn't know. Then just don't allow Kender in your game. See, I don't allow people to play Kender. That, that's the thing as you like you're not playing kender gully doors tinker gnomes i just don't let people play them so because they're only put in the party to screw with other people it's like the chaotic neutral alignment that's just put in the game to fuck with other people that's it okay taunt you have a supernatural ability to home in on a creature's emotional raw nerves and craft your taunt uh that flusters that creature okay as a bonus action you can unleash a barrage of insults on a creature within 60 feet of you can hear and understand you okay this i, I don't know 5e enough to know if this is but sure well, it, yeah it, again uh originally it wasn't a supernatural ability it was just a natural ability that they had it wasn't supernatural it was just a talent all right now we're going to go into sorcerers because when you're talking Wizards are high sorceries. One of the things Heathen Dog and I have talked about, I don't know if Heathen Dog says it this way, but we've talked about this. I say it this way, is that wizards in uh, 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 wizards of high sorcery in Dragonlance, they're actually clerics. You might not yeah. say it. They don't cast clerical spells, but the the moons are gods yeah. and, and they get the power from the moons. Yeah. So, so, so by definition, if you get power from a god, you are a cleric. So in Kryn, wizards are clerics it's an interesting system though i i like the red robe yeah. white robe um all right so now so how do you throw in the sorcerer subclass because sorcerer's bloodline stuff isn't it so let's see on many worlds wait a minute worlds the moon is revered is a revered social body with magical property on Krim, the gods of magic are associated with the world's three moons no, no the world they of are the i know i know that was actually a good catch because I have it in my notes, but I didn't, I didn't say it here. So good, good catch on that one. Because I wanted to focus on this. On the world of Toril, who the fuck cares? Toril doesn't run this way. This is a perfect example of 5e trying to homogenize everything, yeah. mash yeah. it all together. This is why setting is important. And, to all, and, and I'm going to flip the script. I'm going to piss off all the bro SR now. This is why the back of the Dungeon Master's Guide is wrong where it says game first, setting second, players third. That is wrong. Setting first, game Kryn second. Kryn was written as a closed system. Yes. The gods of Kryn specifically keep people out. 
to keep their little Petri dish clean from the dirtiness that is Eberron and Forgotten Realms and all, all the, all the, all the bacteria and viruses that are them. Although to be fair, the, uh, the Spelljammer book kind of ruined that by putting a hippo guy there, but Hey, we're going to talk about that. Um, so it doesn't matter what the fuck is on Toril because Toril doesn't have, because no one in Crit knows. And no one on Toril follows this role because his Forgotten Realms doesn't do this. On Eberron, scholars of draconic prophecy decipher ancient secrets from the waxing and waning of that world's 12 moons. Great. No one cares. That has nothing to do with what we're talking about. No, you are someone at all. Exactly. 100%. You are someone from your lineage has been exposed to the concentrated magic of the moon or moons of your world, imbuing you with lunar magic. Okay, great. But when you go to Kryn, guess what? You're hunted down and killed. After level three. Oh, you know what's funny? Oh, let's let's time out this for a second. When second edition came out with psionics, remember when Dragonlance came out and said, there are no psionics yeah. on yeah. Kryn? Gods yeah. won't allow Every, it? The, yeah, they, they actually have it. They actually have it in the book. Uh, every day there's there's a there's a an increasing percentage chance that one of the gods of Kryn will notice you're a psionic and immediately boot your ass from the universe. Now to be immediately fair, kick you out. If you're above 20th, is it 18th or 20th level, the gods boot you also. 18th. If if you, 18th, if you okay. reach 19th level, you're booted. I just spilled water on my glasses. That's funny. Um so, uh, so perhaps your ancestor was involved in a druidic ritual involving an eclipse or maybe a mystical fragment, blah, blah, blah. None okay. of that has anything to do with Kren. I don't, I don't get it yet. Consult the manifestations of lunar, uh, of lunar magic table, then choose or randomly determine how your connection to the moon manifests while you cast your sorcerer's spells. So There's no sorcerers. On- you glow with a faint light that matches the color of the moon of your world. So, okay. Now it says your world. See, see, this is again, this is where 5e is wrong. You don't homogenize this shit. This stuff belongs on Kryn. Now, if these are if these are rules for outside of Kryn, cool. Whatever. Don't care. But you're utilizing Kryn, utilize, utilizing uh, uh, Dragonlance magic and trying to ham-fist it into Eberron or Greyhawk or Mistara or, 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 or um, Forgotten Realms, whatever. No. The setting, you know, people are like the settings were boring because Dragonlands, Forgotten Realms, and Greyhawk were just the same thing. If you believe that, and to you're some a extent, fucking tool, you're you're a tool. There's some there's some truth. They had common common background in terms of there are dwarves that act dwarvish, there are elves that act elven. There, you, you we get that, but every one of them was different. Forgotten Realms was your homogenized cosmopolitan land. Dragonlance was your most restricted land. Dark Sun was all fucking nuts and crazy. Like, but every setting was different. And this is what actually made it beneficial. This is what made it better. I know it started to end in third edition, but setting, this is why setting is important. I can use the core rules of Dungeons and Dragons. Dark Sun is a perfect example of why setting comes first. You make your setting. Yes, it's built on the core constructs. <laughs> Everyone can be a magical unicorn. Yes. Dark Sun took the basic construct of Dungeons & Dragons, but turned it on its head, but you're still playing Dungeons & Dragons. But you were playing Dark Sun version of Dungeons & Dragons. We were playing the Dragonlance version of Dungeons & Dragons. The original, oh, what was that again? You put that back up. I, I didn't oh, see what you put then. I'm sorry. The original lunar aspect of magic was revolutionary. Watsi had, had to, oh, just wait till we get, wait till we get to that. Heathen Dog oh, might not God, come back. Damn it. This is the one right. I wanted to read was number two. Your pupils shift in shape. 
matching the current face of a moon from your world. Huh, who does that kind of remind you of? And we're not even at the... Oh, I'm coming. Fire. I'm coming. <laughs> I see the light. <laughs> oh my god. You moon fucking fire. assholes. These are these are uh, you can call down radiant light of the moon on command. You learn the sacred flame spell fine. Lunar embodiment. You learn additional spell when you reach certain levels. Okay, lunar spells, full moon, new moon, crescent moon. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Whenever you finish a long rest. You can choose what lunar phase manifests. Oh shit, that looks like a quarter moon. Full moon, bitch. Ew! That doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. At Hold all. on. I need eight hours to change how the moon works. Yes, yes. <laughs> you're suddenly you're fucking Superman and you can move the moon. Okay. All right. Great. Move the moon with the power of your mind. No, no, I'm sorry. No, no, no. You have no brain. The power of your idiot belief. Um, what page is it in here? I think it's actually before the races. Oh, yep, there it is. Uh, left a wizard, tower high sorcery, blah blah blah. <laughs> There's a whole thing about moon phases in there. A whole chart. Yeah. Do you know? Uh, you have the book. Can you look? And did you have the physical copy there? What page it's yeah. on? So I'm not scrolling all day and all night here. Um, you might well, you, you might still find it first, but I'll give it a shot. No, I, I stopped looking for it because I don't want to make people dizzy. Wizards of High Source. Okay, Moons of Mad. There he goes. Uh, book page twenty-eight. Okay. This is the moon chart. Has chart. It, let me let me minus this a little bit. Minus. Now, what you did is if hey, why does mine go? Oh, this is a PDF. Um, just say my book better have a splotch in it. Uh, no, anyway. It does it? Yeah. Oh. It's 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 it's, it's to help you count basically. Uh, yeah, I, I but it. Okay. Uh, anyway, it looks like the number is actually it's oh, just no, the, no. I'm sorry. No, the book doesn't have the swatch. You're right. That, that's fine. So what? Every day you move this by one. What? What? Dragonlance. One of the things that it emphasized was risk reward in a different way. And we'll talk about this a little bit more once we finally make it through the fifth edition stuff. But Black Robe Wizards, they get ninth level spells faster than anybody else. But they only ever get one. White Robe Wizards don't get them until later, but they get three. Well, the moons here, White Robe Wizards have to suffer with... Uh, can you see my mouse? Yeah. With... Uh, hide that. With multiple days of lower-powered magic. If I remember correctly, it's like minus one um, spell that you can memorize per day, uh, minus two to casting power, blah, blah, blah. You have the most days of that, but you also have the most days where a black robe wizard, two days up, two days normal, two days down. Two day so there's a risk-reward in this. Everything about and the morale system that Heathen Dog really likes. Actually, I like it too, but I know he talks about it a lot that he really likes. Like, so much of this was was built in intentionally. Now, at sixth level, lunar phases influence your meta magic. Not at well, to be fair, you took the test at third level, so this stuff didn't affect you until third level. Right. Okay. But uh so lunar phases influence your meta magic. Each lunar phase is associated with the spells of the following schools of magic. Abjuration, conjuration. Okay, that's great. Whenever you use meta magic or spell from lunar spell table of the okay. Spells, spell table, or a spell of a school of magic associated with the lunar phase you are in. Remember, 
you choose it, you can reduce the sorcery point spent by one. You can reduce the sorcery point spent for your meta magic number. Minimum zero. So free. Okay. I like I you, like free magic. You choose this. Remember here, you lost power. You gained power. You were just normal. And the when when you started the campaign, the the very first the 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 very first uh, character mag uh, magical character who took the test and passed that's when the game master rolled where the moon was at that moment and then it was the game master's job to keep track every day it moves i made one. it the player's job <laughs> okay yeah. well te technically it was a game master job but yeah. every day it moves one if you time skip you gotta go around and move it that many days to figure out where the moon is when you start up again but it this means is that sometimes to go adventuring you had to wait this is this is heathen dog's favorite aspect of modern dungeons and dragons all this player agency because you choose what manifests there's no negatives because no. in 5e you can't have negatives somebody might be traumatized that a moon made saving throw at disadvantage or some nonsense like that completely devastating the entire concept of it uh you get us uh, at six level and 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 doesn't even start until six level now to be fair this is sorcerer not not wizard but sorcerers shouldn't exist anyway waxing waning right. gaining created greater control over the phases as a bonus action you spend one sorcery point to change your lunar phase to a different one moon <laughs> um yeah the power, uh, the power of a lunar phase saturates your being. Whenever you choose a lunar phase to affect your magic, you also gain the following benefits associated with that phase. Yeah. Um. All right. Pl please move on from this. <laughs> it's got to be better, right? Nope. Backgrounds. The selection presents two new backgrounds, the Knight of Salamnia and the Mage of High Sorcery. Okay. Knight of Salamnia. Oh, let's see. You have trained to be a valorous warrior known as a Knight of Salamnia. So far, so good. Strict rules guide your every action. You work to uphold them as you strive to defend the weak and oppose all forms of evil. Your honor is as important to you as your life. Well, that's a little yeah. bastardization of the actual. But, but yeah, but, but as a summary goes, I get it. Equipment. This is gonna. This is kind of telltale. An insignia of rank. Okay, makes sense. A sure. deck of cards. Mm, little random, but okay. <laughs> a set of common clothes and a pouch. Squ features Squire of Salamnia. You gain the Squire Slamnia feat, and it, uh, presented later in the document. In addition, this, uh, the Knight of Slamnia provide you free, modest lodging and food at uh, the fortresses and camps. Okay, building a character. Any class or subclass that has martial prowess can be a good fit for the Knight of Slamnia. Fighters, paladins, of course, make up the bulk of the knighthood. Clerics, uh, that's they got rid of the three. Uh, can also be found. For a more unusual take on the Knight of Slamnia character, consider playing a bard. They don't understand that Knights of Salamnia were actually better represented, better ideal, were, were better than just a basic paladin. The three different ranks, the three different uh, ways you could rise, the, the, the crown, the sword, the rose. I think I got those in the wrong order. <laughs> you don't, probably don't want to fix that camera. Uh, just, yeah, just, just put it down, angle it somewhere. <laughs> 
Uh, knights, here we go. Knight of the Sword. Could become a high clearest. Couldn't even be one until level three. Knight of the Crown. Start at level one. See, you couldn't even become. You had to start with the Knight of the Crown before you could become a Knight of the Sword. And is it the Knight of the Sword that gets the spells that are like the Paladins with the spells? And then finally, a Knight of the Rose, which you couldn't even be until fourth level, and you had to prove yourself. You had to prove yourself. Your quest must include the following elements. A, oh, it's not highly the right thing. A journey of no less than 500 miles in 30 days. One test of the Knight's wisdom. Three tests of the Knight's generosity. Three tests of the Knight's compassion. You couldn't just do this. Or barbarian devoted to the ideals of Habakkuk. <laughs> so you can be a nutcase. A no. 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 Adventurers who dedicate themselves to protecting innocent, upholding honorable virtues are welcomed among the Knights of Salamnia. Oh, they required so much more than that. I just, I just barely even touched on. Oh. I pledge my sword to the greater good. No. You Pledged it to your order, and to the and to the. If you're, uh, if I remember correctly, was so which one cast the spells? Yeah, you, you also had to pledge it to a god if you were in one of these. Even though he's still trying to fix his camera. Great, now I'm gonna owe him. I'm gonna owe him a freaking camera to be on the next stream. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Watsy. You owe me money. My comrade in arms and my family do whatever it takes to keep them safe. Uh, blah, blah. I mean, these are just trinkets. A flat silver disc. You record your heroics on. What? A piece of Fallen Knight's armor. That's kind of a stern thing. Yeah. The, the, the Knight of the Sword had to pledge to the, uh, to the kingdom that he served. The Knight of the, the middle one, which I'm blanking on. What's the next one? Oh, uh, well, I'm sorry. So I was looking at chat. What was that? The, the Knight of the Sword had to pledge allegiance to the kingdom. The Knight of the Crown had to here, pledge here. allegiance to the god. And the Knight of the Rose had to pledge allegiance to the orders. Yeah, let, let, let me, it's actually written in here. I do remember that. If there's no, because we talked about this. We actually have an episode on the Knights like a year or so ago. Or um, Knights of the Crown advance in power more quickly than the Knights, probably due to the fact that their order is less demanding. Well, this is benefit. Uh, Knights of the Crown are sworn to protect and serve and give aid to any kingdom on the list of loyalty. Yeah. Yeah. This is maintain all of, the, all of the kingdoms. They, they are beholden to the the kingdoms themselves whereas the knight of the crown is uh, knight beholden of the to you know the the ideals of their god basically well, that, that that was the crown that that was oh, the sorry, crown, crown. crown, the, crown sword, sword, uh, the, the, the ones that can cast spells they, they they're beholden to god now and the knights of the rose are beholden to the orders let me see. In addition, every candidate who wishes to join the Order of Sword must first complete a quest. According to the measure, this test must be witness deed of heroism, blah, 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 blah. Um, so unlike clerics who gain their miraculous powers on a daily basis, Knights of the Sword can only acquire their spells on a weekly week basis, okay? Because um, they're not full clerics. They're just, right. they're like, they're like subclass clerics. Here we go. Knights of the Sword, in addition to their normal duties as warriors in defense of truth and justice, often represent the powers of the gods in certain limited ways. Knights of the Sword, acquire, a sword acquire some healing powers. This is not always true during the Cataclysm, blah, blah, blah. Well, knights still function in limited clerics. Oh, I guess it wasn't there. When a knight joins this order, he designates a day of worship and meditation. Yeah. He, uh, he, he's, he's, no longer, he's no longer strictly uh, at the whim of, of, the, of the kingdoms on the list of loyalty. He he's beholden now to a god that he that he chose heroics and facing evil without regard to personal suffering yes that, that's his okay. job now that's his job now 
And then Rose. Um, there, there it is. These, these are the high ones. These are this. Yeah. You uh, you used to have to be royalty to even be considered. Uh, there must be order. Okay. Okay. Since this stricture of accepting only those of royal descent was to have been added well after the time of Venice Solemnus and was in some minds invalid, there's been okay. So it's not fully. So that's what Heathen Dog was saying there. Um, the details of how a knight is accepted in the ranks of the rose, however, has changed little. The knight must be brought before the knightly council of the rose. There must. Uh, there he must relate the tale of his family and his deeds that exemplify the ideals of knighthood and honor or tempered with the leniency and wisdom. With leniency and wisdom. Once this tale is told, the council uh, uh, holds a closed session. Sorry, this, this font is really hard to pixelated to me. I discuss the knight's application in lights of the merits and shortcomings. And if you remember, we already talked before, must present, must you have to do the quest, the 500 miles, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, all right. Finally, Mage of High Sorcery. How could they have ruined Mage of High Sorcery? Let's find now, out. Now, I'm going to tell you, I didn't read this part because I couldn't get past the knights. Okay. So I don't know. Your talent well, for no, magic. No, let me read it. This will be okay. fun. Your talent, already a bad start, for magic came to the attention of the Mages of High Sorcery, an organization of spellcasters that study magic and prevent its misuse. You've trained among the mages, but whether or not you'll face the dangerous test required to become a true member of the group remains to be determined. Okay, looking better. Your passion for studying magic has likely already predisposed you toward one of the organization's three orders. The Benevolent Order of the White Robes, the Balance Pursuing Order of the Red Robes, or the Ruthless Order of the Black Ruthless? Robes. That, that is wrong. That is, that is a gross misrepresentation of all the orders. Well, In the I world think the Red Robes are okay, but yeah. I just in say okay. Of, yeah. In the world of Kryn, many refer to mages of high sorcery as the wizards of high sorcery. You, that that no, that's actually what the okay. the organization accepts that more than wizards, though. What with bard? So, so, no, it does not. It does not. You could argue sorcerers, but that that would be an argument. No, no, no. The dog's not going to come back sooner or later. I'm looking for a knife. Don't stab yourself. I'll get demonetized. <laughs> okay. Skill proficiencies, arcana history, languages, two of your choice, equipment, a bottle of colored ink, an ink pen, a set of common clothes, and a pouch. Ah, 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 hang on. You got ink? You got an ink pen? Where's your goddamn paper? Well, that you have to buy. Oh, okay. With your 10 Feature. gold pieces. Initiative High Sorcery. You gain the Initiative High Sorcery feat. In addition, the Mages of High Sorcery provide you with the free modest lodging and food indefinitely at any occupied Tower of High Sorcery. No, that's only for uh, people who've actually taken the test, and it's not forever. Suck a dick. Okay, building. Moving on. Building a Mage of High Sorcery character. Mages of High Sorcery are typically wizards. Spellcasters okay. who gain their magic through devotion or who possess wizards devotion. Uh, Mages high sorcery are shrewd. They are rarely let unique opportunities or individuals pass them by. Even members of martial classes who train in. Nope. <laughs> nope. 
Suggest character, a study of magic drives the Mage of High Sorcery. Consider which of the group's three orders you aspire to join. The Mage of High Sorcery personality traits table suggests traits you might adopt for your character. Okay, let's find out this bullshit. I wish to use knowledge of magic to better people's lives. White. Study of magic might reveal all manner of secrets. Black. Magic is a means to power. I'll use it to pursue... Oh, I'm sorry, red or black. And three is black. Four, I learn magic so I'll be able to protect those I care about, white or red. Uh, five, I use my magic to maintain the balance between all things. Red. Oh, this six, this six is great. Whether the past, present, or future, I will be the greatest mage ever known. Hi, Raceland. That's one guy. That's, that's one guy. That's literally one guy. You are, you are, you're an NPC now. Thank you. Move on. Trinkets. When you make your own character, you may roll on the trink. Oh my God. Okay. An unopened letter from your first teacher. That seems stupid. A broken what? wand. May a scroll bearing an incomprehensible formula. That, that, that is a, that could be a plot hook. I'm going to smack my camera now. Number six. Now, I'm not there yet. I'm purposely not reading it yet. Oh, my God. A purposeless device covered in colored stones that can fold into various enigmatic shapes. That is, a Rubik's Cube. Uh, that, that's a device for time traveling. Five, a pouch or spell book emblazoned with the triple moon symbol of the Mage's High Sorcery. Again, that's a plot hook. Six, a lens through which you can see crints and fit. Only, only black robe mages can see the black moon. Thank you. And... <laughs> <laughs> okay whoa, i'm good whoa, whoa what whoa, whoa. Nope, okay nope stop stop i've got to read it i've got to just cover your ears cover your ears i've got to read it in past presentations of the Dragonland setting, several Dungeons and Dragons modern spellcasting classes didn't exist. To accommodate these classes the group known as the wizards of high sorcery has evolved into the mages of high sorcery the group's distinct orders and signature robes remain, but the organization now accepts members from a broad range of spellcrafting traditions. Members who find their magic... Fuck off. All right. I think my... my my. Uh, this is one of the best... It's perfectly right. Tampons of the Coast is speaking bad words. Yep. Being... And and then of course the 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 mage being taken over by the dragon orb is dragon lance being raped by the tampon dragon. I get it. Somebody yeah. said it looked like a used tampon. It's like that's gross. Even I don't go but that far. It is. Feats. Do do what do we care? No, we don't care about feats. Divine communications. Wait, what? No, feet feats are gay. Just move on. And yes, yes, I said it. Fuck off. Oh, memberships are multi. Uh, let, let's see what it says about the nightly orders here. What are the memberships of? Okay. Knights of Salamnio are only ever members of one of the organization's orders. Okay. Uh, in the course of their training, most knights begin as members of the Knights of the Crown. No, that's how you most, start. That, that's all. That's um, all. That's not most. That's all. That's all. And then move on to join the other orders. Yep. You can you can choose to. You don't have to. Yeah, you don't have For to. The, you, you can stay Knight of the Crown. It's fine. Yep. Whether a character follows this path or another, he retains uh, what he learned as a member of an order, even if he joins. Stop with the phase! Characters can change what nightly order they're part of. Always have access to any. Well, I, I don't understand feet, so fuck off. Oh well, yeah, no, no, no. But you you can change orders at will. It's it's like changing the the moon phase again. What? 
What? Uh, okay. Advantage for attacking. That's just seats again. Doesn't matter. Yeah, it's just attacking shit. So, Knight of the Crown, United Slam, Crown Group Souls, Virtues, Cooperation, Loyalty, and Obedience. Did I read that? Selling group combat. To be fair, that I don't. I, know, I don't. I, 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 yeah, I don't have a problem sense. with that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Knight sword. Your uh, order of the sword. Heroism and courage. Yep. Bravery steals your spirit, granting you these benefits. Where are the cleric spells? Oh, they don't have any. Knight of the Rose, you're a nice line aligned with the Order of the Rose, known for leadership, justice, and wisdom. Okay, you know, at least I got one part somewhat, right? Yeah. Uh, I didn't oh, even look at the chat. Ability score increase rather than ability score minimums. You well, that's that? all that's all a 5e. Ugh. That's that's a 5e does. are we done now with that with that? With, with that yeah, I, I won't prime. show. I won't show the wizards of uh, the the original wizards of high sorcery. I won't do that. We don't that, need to. That, that. What does chat say? Let's go, let's go look at chat. We got a lot of chat to look at because neither of us are putting it up. So that was an uh, actual sex crime, which just happened. <laughs> oh God, that was good. That was good. Oh, thank you for making me smile because. I, I had other words. Oh, so my notes. What do I have for my notes? Uh, yeah, so this playtest is not the final material. This is a perfect example of why setting is more important than the game. Uh, did say that. This is how you jam Dragonlance into Cosmopolitan... Uh, this is why jamming Dragonlance into Cosmopolitan 5e Dungeons & Dragons is bullshit. Um, Kender have magic. What the fuck? We did the Kender thing there. Good. Art, uh, I mentioned earlier the article about Kender that said problematic lack of respect for personal property. It's explained like it's and it's explained well. Again, you don't have to like Kender. I'm not saying that you have to like Kender. I don't like Kender. I mean, I like him in novels. I like kind of like him though. NPCs, sure, but not not player characters. But still, uh. They turned. Oh yeah, they turned uh, Kender into a uh, to an, uh, magic uh, to into a magical anomaly, almost like a freak show. No, it, it's they're they're just really big fairies now. Yeah, yeah. I, Playful, innately magical. I glow and I pull something out and it yeah. lasts for an hour. Yeah. Look! Look! I I can pull a crowbar out of my hat. I want to know how renegade wizards. So it's like how, how well. Remember, it's not the wizards of high sorcery anymore. It's now the mages of whatever. Um. So, because so walking. Okay. So this is on the wizard part. This is actually where I wrote the walking freak show portion. So fuck sorcerers. They're a walking freak show. Uh. What the hell does it say? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you choose what phase of the moon. Seriously, how the fuck. How much player agency does somebody need where they can I don't... move celestial bodies with 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 the with the force of their player agency? Fuck you. I don't identify with full moons. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and I mentioned this as well. It looks like I mentioned most of what was on my notes. So the black quicker rise to power, lower caps and lower level max. Uh, well, to get your ninth level spells. Uh, uh, where the white robe wizards slower to rise to power, but they had higher spell caps and a higher level ninth number of ninth level spells. Uh, did we miss anything in chat that's important? I see a lot of it here. Um, <laughs> your face is red, dude. Your face is red. That's awesome. <laughs> Lord Doth did nothing wrong. 
I guess you were warned. I'm I'm very angry. Yes. Barter Barbarian. Barter Barbarian. Yep. Sturm and yes. Sturm is rolling in his grave. A fictitious creature is rolling his fictitious game a grave about a fictitious game that Watsy can still piss people off about. Oh, this is a good question. This is this is an excellent question. Okay. Who's got the most player agency? Player one or player two? It doesn't actually change the moon. So if I feel that it's new moon and you feel that it's full moon, I get the bonuses of full moon or new moon. You get the bonuses of full moon. All right, I'm done now. I'm done now. <laughs> well, uh, I guess segment three is going to be a wash today. Uh, as, as Ethan Dog has left. Ethan Dog has left the building. Uh, let's... Uh, this but max so you want to play just play that way it shouldn't be held to this lower rules stuff <laughs> yeah. uh identifies oh there you go well now you're now you're a knight of the rose automatically <laughs> tonight tomorrow's breaking news he the dog arrested after killing six game developers for watsy i think there are only three assigned to that one but he'll kill three more just to Uh, yeah, and whoever noticed that it was said gold pieces and not uh, not said, but remember that document was about homogenizing the concept of Kryn, not about playing on Kryn. Because remember, it mentioned Toril, it mentioned uh, it didn't mention O Earth, whatever the fuck that nonsense Eberron's called. Fuck Eberron, it's just Earthon. You mentioned how Dragonlance is about doing cost versus benefit. That doesn't jive with 5e and the McDonald's brand TTRPG. They sell. You know what's funny? Is I say that uh, something, not those words, that's a great way to put it, but I say something similar. It's like, it's the game that's great to start with, but you have to move on. It's your minimum wage game, yes. Uh, take out the trading wheels, play something else. It doesn't have to be harder. You can play an easier game. Oh... Uh, Yep, everything has to be a benefit, no risk. You're absolutely right. I could, I could feel heathen dog suffering. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, this is what, that's why heathen dog said that it was a sex crime. Uh, yeah, that, that's fine. All the speeds give spells. It's, the thing is, is uh, there's so much behind what it meant to be one of the Wizards of the Robes. I mean, to be fair, when you play in Forgotten Realms, you usually don't wear robes. You wear traveling clothes, so you're not found. Dragonlance makes you wear robes. That's a wizard. Uh, it, that was confronted in one of the novels. It's like, oh, not everybody who wears a robe is a wizard, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, found out wrong. But, uh, <laughs> it should be used as mimic detectors. Oh, man. Oh, what did Chimerian say? It's long. Uh, for all my cosmopolitan and my jamming, I wouldn't do this to a setting. Now, to be fair... They didn't do this to the setting. In fact, it's kind of the opposite. And I'm not disagreeing with Chimera, and I'll read the rest of his comment in a moment. They pulled what was good from Dragonlance and gave you the ability to ram it, ham fist it, you know, anal probe it. Buys everything day, rub on things going into, coming out of my ass. Into whatever setting you are doing. You know. Um, I wouldn't do this to a setting like this because I very much am a canon. I am too. I am too, but you'll have people argue that there's no canon. I will say that there's different types of canning. Rolling a cannon. They're, they're rolling a D20 in Dungeons Dragons is canon. Um, but then there's also setting canon. That might not be game canon, but setting canon. And this is where I flip from Gary Gygax and the Bro SR and so forth. I believe setting comes first. 
You stay true to the setting first because that inherently stays true to the game. Otherwise, you're just making a new game anyway. Uh, so I hate it when canon gets broken. This is a monster insult. Agree 100%. I'm an IP purist. I admit that almost every game I play, I'm an IP purist. So. Um, I already answered that. What if they want two different moon phases? Will they both get what they want? Just busy vomiting. Oh, uh, yeah. Does Max think that Kendra would be good at finding mimics? If they're shiny enough. You know, it's weird though, is is in is Kender have an inherent luck as well? A Kender might not actually open up a mimic, might sit on top of it so it can't eat him or something. Or would be distracted accidentally by something else. Uh Elvis didn't die, he put in the purple dinosaurs. Uh Vivazzi's in Seattle. Yep. Uh you can almost hear. <laughs> Yeah, it's boiling. There's a spell called, or an ability, I think it's from Vampire, called Blood Boil. Yep, he just got it. So, yes, canon should vary by setting. Setting canon should vary by setting, yes. Some things remain the same if you're playing the game. How saving throws are rolled, how, how attacks are done, and so forth. That would be your game canon. Setting canon should be its own thing. And then you have table canon. Oh, yeah, um, we just went over Dragonlance. We just went over how 5th edition Watsi is destroying Dragonlance as if, you know, it hadn't already. So uh, when it goes up on Tuesday, this segment will go up on Tuesday. You can see it then. I think we, I think we jump into segment three now without Heathen Dog here. Uh, yeah, I'm t he's probably in his toilet right now vomiting. He's probably beating his child just like, you know, what the halflings from uh, from Forbidden Lands do. This is how the halflings from Forbidden Lands were created. They were playing Watsy D&D and they had to go beat something afterward. <laughs> uh, yeah, there you go. When designing a game world, I start with setting and match the game mechanics the best represent. There you go. Absolutely. That's why Dark Sun works. I'm not a big fan of Dark Sun, but it works. I'm more of a fan of it now than I was, say, 20 years ago. But uh, because because it, it gets people's panties in a bind because it has, you know, some things that are hard to remove from the, the modern proclivities. But uh, uh, it still used the D&D rules. It just used them in a different way. <laughs> Why is this? You just miss Heathen Dog fail save versus mind thrust. I think he I think Heathen Dog fucked himself off a bridge with Dan just to end it. Not that he wanted to, not that he needed to, but he just wanted to end it. He's like, you know what? Dan might have the right idea here. Uh, leave me in Faerun no 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 Eberron is garbage Eberron is just a rip off of Earth Dawn and Faerun is what modern 5th edition is now <laughs> would Earth Dawn no it would, it would just be a step system game it would, it would just be a game based on the step system I'm not saying that'd be a bad game necessarily, but right. If you didn't have disciplines work the way that they, that's a double drink, by the way, asshole. It's earth on twice. And I splashed water in my face again. All right, let's get the, okay. Less is the last one I'm going to read right now until we get to segment three. Uh, rules serve the setting. The setting dominates. Rules mold to fit accordingly, which is why I'm very rules agnostic, but won't change the setting's core. Bam. Now, I do think that some settings fit better. Like, I don't like Palladium 
riffs, or I'm sorry, I, I like Palladium's riffs. I don't like Savage Worlds riffs. Okay, uh, because I don't feel that Savage Worlds rule system gives you the feel of riffs like the Palladium, like the original Palladium does. So, uh, but but yeah, if I if I were to build a setting and and I wanted a setting that did X, Y, and Z, I would probably find the best mechanics for it. Don't do entertain. I'll try not to be entertaining. <laughs> okay. Oh, this could start some fights. Not with me or Heathen Dog, but with some other people we know. We agree with you. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's um. Let me get to segment three. So, what do we do with segment three? I actually thought Heathen Dog might come back. He's out. He's just, he's fully out. Oh, man. He said, no more of this crap. I'm gone. <laughs> he doesn't even want to talk to you guys. That's how pissed off he is. He doesn't even want to talk to you guys. So let me get my segment three stuff. <laughs> uh, so... All right. This is how segment three works. Be a follower, subscriber. Please be pithy. Get one topic or anecdote and watch the language. If I get me kicked off of YouTube, that's one thing. If you get me kicked off of YouTube, I will have Heathen Dog in his anger hunt you down. And I don't know what it'll do. And today's topics, you can talk about Dragonlance, how Watsi ruins everything, or Palladium Fantasy. Those are the three topics that you can talk about. Um, stop with any other topic. <laughs> uh, let me get the link out there. Invite, copy to clipboard. And in the meantime, uh, that link that you see coming out there, that is the link to join. What kind of, the Savage Worlds rules aren't bad. They're not my favorite, that's to be sure. But I don't like them. I don't like using the rules for known settings. I don't like Savage Worlds Earth Dawn, although I like it better, better than Pathfinder Earth Dawn. I don't like Savage Worlds Rifts. But Savage Worlds, the settings of its own, no problems. Like, uh, like Bessem. Bessem, uh, Big Eye, Small Mouth. Right? Eh, there. That with the white books. Great in its own setting, but why 5e it? 5e's already anime. You don't need to. That's awesome. That's awesome. Next week, in case you weren't here for segment one, next week, Heathen Dog is going to create a character for Palladium Fantasy. We haven't decided what it's going to be yet, uh, but he's going to create a character for Palladium Fantasy. going to go through that process, second edition, because that's what we're covering, the, mod the uh, current one. And then the week after, we start Heroes Unlimited, which is going to be somewhat new for me because I don't have second edition. As I showed before, I have revised. Also, superhero games aren't my main thing. So Heathen Dog, his book is much thicker than mine. It's uh, going to introduce me second edition heroes unlimited so yeah it's some of the palladium fantasy like known settings like its own settings are, are not palladium fantasy sorry, savage rules are really good uh, uh oh got a super chat dm james first of all thank you very much for the five dollars sir really do appreciate it i want to talk about priorities now canceling the stream for hockey match was dramatic <laughs> Yeah, for those who missed it, I didn't stream on Friday. There are a couple other things actually going on in the background. But uh, yes, um, Minnesota State High School Hockey Tournament is world-renowned. And I am, on a, I am a native Minnesotan. I might not live there anymore, but I am a native Minnesotan. The high school hockey tournament is probably more important. I would say it might be more important than if the Vikings were to go to another Super Bowl. So it's just one of those things that is just, uh, it's part of, you know, growing up Minnesota culture. 
And uh, I hadn't watched the hockey tournament in a long time. And I got to tell you, it was fucking fantastic. Even the people who, like Lou Nanny, former coach of the North Stars, former player, um, uh, was saying that was the best that he'd seen since, uh, like, in fi- his 58 years of doing this. Another reporter said it was the best tournament since 1970. So I'm glad I watched it. And uh, thanks for Von Zark for Von Zark, who's another BattleTech fan. Uh, th- thanks for kind of making me watch it. I was a little mad that I couldn't watch the Constellation and the third place games, but that's fine. So, uh, all right. Um, just to, just to let you guys know, if nobody pops in here in the next minute or two, we're going to call it a day. But thanks again, DM James, for the five dollars. Really do appreciate that. Up, uh, oh, Omen Owl pops on in. So let's get you on the screen stream here. How you doing, Omen Owl? I'm doing okay. I I I don't know what Watsi was thinking when I was just flipping through it. It says you joined a knighthood for free meals. You, you <laughs> All right. Who 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 thinks of this stuff? I mean, these people have such little actual real life world experience, let alone adversity in life. They have to make things up. The same people who can't even get Hogwarts right, but want to make their own college, and the same people that say that uh, having negative attributes on a race is a bad thing. So you know, I, I mean, look, I've always hated gully dwarves because you know that the whole two thing, you know, they can't count above two. It's um, funny for a novel. Yeah. Never a player character. Same with Tinker. Again, those three. Gully Dwarves, Kender, Tinker Gnomes. Great NPCs for a novel. Never players in your game. And, and the other part is for Kender, it's not that I mind that the... I didn't like the fearlessness. I didn't like it even when it came out in, in what, first or second edition with the uh, games. Because in Vag Magazine, one of the first stories, they had Tasselhoff meet Demogorgon. And it said he felt fear for the first time. Yeah, go look. It's one of the really old stories before the modules came out. And I was said, that in the like in the Wizards Three? No, that wouldn't be because I remember there are a bunch of articles about Morden Caden and um, not not Fizbin. What the hell is his name from uh, from Forgotten Realms? I don't know. There's Big Beast. There's um, Elminster. Uh, El- El- Elminster's Forgotten Realms. There we go. So uh, so it was uh, Morden Caden, Elminster, and Dalimar because of course Raceland was dead. But, but I, I mean, but I said okay. But you know, I thought that. You could at least try taking some of that flavor instead of trying to just throw it in. The other part is just like I would have preferred them to say if the DC is below 14, they don't have to make a save for fear or something of that sort. And I thought that that would be better. So it makes the the truly terrifying monster still terrifying, but it makes the other stuff, you know, the players don't really care as much. I said that to me would have been more reasonable for what they did. And then the other one is looking at the... Um, why in the world would you be able to change the moon setting? And part of the, I mean, that you know, talk about the greatness of Forbidden Lands and the fact that it actually has seasons and things like this. Those are all important, and that that brings character, well, brings players into the game, and they can feel like the elapse of time and how things are going. And, Hyperborea and, does that as well. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I, I just the well, it doesn't matter any game. It's just that if you're going to put the mechanics in there, it really does help. As players move through and you go, okay, well, guess what? It's now become winter over time, or we're going to have to wait. You know, do you leave now and you have less power um, before the snows fall on the pass? I mean, these are all important role-playing aspects, and I, I don't know what they're thinking. I, I, oh, I, so, so just a couple of things on that. I'm not taking the defense of Watsi at all. I'm just oh, clarifying. Yeah. Um, one, that was written at least... From my understanding of what I read there, that was written not to be necessarily on Crin, 
mm-hmm. although it will really, it probably will go into that, but how to take the concepts of Dragonlance and put it into your own game. I, I'm, uh, I, I don't mind if you even modify things. You know, I don't mind if you're modifying systems. I mean, hell, I, I do that. Like, oh, let me steal this idea and steal that idea. And, you mm-hmm. know, some systems, but you don't allow players to change the phase of the moon. What you do is you say, here are some examples of what you can do for your moon. And you say, oh, well, we'll give a short moon or you can do, uh, and I don't remember what Kren has, is, you know, you can do multiple moons if you want to and say, well, these all affect these uh, powers. Well, that's actually called something on Kryn. It's the, was it the Night of the Eye or something like that. When all three moons line up, that, I mean, they have a novel or a short story or something written about that uh, as well. So, th- I mean, that's written into the game. The thing, the thing about the moons is, and while we were making fun of it, is like, oh, my God, you can change the face of the moons because that's how it's done in first, second, every edition. Um, in this edition, it specifically said that it's not about the phase of the moon. It's about, I forget the words to use. I'm going to say it in my terms. It's about the phase of the moon you identify with. And everyone, I identify with a full moon right now, so I get these certain powers. I identify with a new moon, so I get these other powers. Remember, nothing was a negative. It's just however you identify. And it only took a long rest, which if I remember correctly, is eight hours in fifth edition. So after a long rest, you can identify with a different moon phase. Well, and I don't mind that if you could, you know, I I don't know what they're thinking just by changing it and, oh, I want to identify as this. It's it's just like, well, I, I identify as a halfling, but I get plus two strength and plus one, you know, um, a wisdom. Guys. Because it's all it's all about the player now. The, the the weird thing is, is we already had the ability to do that. It's it's all backward think. It's what I've been calling for a couple of years now, backward think from WotC, where it's like, you know, people keep saying, well, you can just take it out if you don't like it. You didn't have to put it in the first place. And you should have put it in the first place. And I do get to bitch about that. So, uh, well, I mean, well, I mean, why in the world do you need a halfling with that's stronger than a normal human? And because that I want to play against type. Playing <laughs> against type is cool. Well, uh, yeah, but, but what gets me about it is, is that you can now, what is it? You can start off with a status 16 plus your bonus. Whereas before, you could up your bonus to 16. Then, And I know that they took away the negatives, which I couldn't believe. You know, oh, okay, well, you get minus one strength, you get plus two to dexterity. Okay, you know you're going to be dexterous, but you know you're going to be weaker. Okay, I know that that fifth edition took out a lot of the negatives with the exception, well, until they did the Morning Cain's Tome of Foes. But it's not like you don't have a point system where you can build it. It just doesn't allow you to exceed to those upper stratospheric levels that you could before. Uh, and, and that, to me, is, uh, oh, okay, you know, if I want to play a halfling, if I want that 16, well, let's say, whatever strength in it, but I get a minus in strength. Well, I'm going to burn a lot more points. So I'm probably not going to max out a halfling strength just because I lose so many points for other stats. Um, but you're yeah. supposed to play within the trope of your race. It doesn't yeah. make sense. Excuse me one second. It doesn't make sense for a halfling. This doesn't mean there can't be halfling warriors. Yeah. No, in fact, halflings can make semi decent warriors. They just don't make big frontline cavalry troops, you know. But uh, they fight a different way. It's like goblins fight a different way. But, uh, you know, it just means that you're not going to have Arnold Schwarzenegger out there, you know, halfling, rawr, you know, uh, going out there winning Mr. Olympia competitions or trying to go mine with the dwarves. It's like they're completely different races, they're species. It's one of the few things that, that I agree with. I actually put my video out before people even really were deeply into talking about it when it comes to, like, I don't call them races. I actually call them species. Or when I think about them, I think about them as species when talking to other people, which is why I don't allow half-orcs and I don't allow um, half-elves. I just, I don't like them. So, I, 
And I know where half elves come from. I think the problem that I have with half orcs is that people forget half orcs do not come from a friendly, mutually consenting relationship. Sure, I just, I just don't, but I also don't like half Klingons either. I yeah, just don't think I, I that don't. the biology should work. Ligons and or Tigons and ligers and all that nonsense. What, whatever. That's you know, asses and donkeys and and whatever the fuck they are, mules. Oh my! But all right, uh, I'm okay, gonna read the super chat. Yep, you have a good day. Thank you for okay, popping bye. on in here, sir. Everybody, thank Omen Owl for popping in and DM James. Thank you for two dollars. AD&D halflings max strength is seventeen for males, fourteen for females. I think it's first edition because it's second edition. If I remember correctly, it was six. Or minus one, I, I forget. But uh, it been different, didn't differentiate males and females. But uh, yeah, um, and that's the way it should be. Seventeen, or maybe it was seventeen in second edition. Um, but that's the way it should be. I mean, your strongest halfling should not be eighteen double lot. Sorry, it's it's your halfling. What? Do you, where are you packing all that? It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So. Uh, all right, uh, I guess with, with that, we're only going to have one person in today. I guess we're going to call it a day. So uh, thank you very much. Uh, you know, Heathen Dog goes, nobody wants to talk to me. Did I really upset everybody because of Friday? Nobody wants to talk to me anymore. That's great. <laughs> uh, yeah, Tigons and Ligers. If I remember correctly, the, the, par uh -oh. the parent comes first. Okay, one person snuck in right at the end. That darn cat. That's it. Oh, my God. I keep forgetting that stupid Sandy Duncan movies from the 70s. All right, what what you got? Uh, well, when Kryn when when Dragonlance came out, and it didn't even come out with the book at first, with the hardback, that didn't come out for a while. It was just he's like eighty five or something. Yeah, it was literally the book series in module form, and it was groundbreaking because it while it was while it was first edition D and D A D and D first edition seven. All the same mechanics, everything that was available in the first edition player's handbook. It was amazing because it worked differently, but everything was still the same. You still rolled d20, you still had all the same saves, you saw all the stuff was the same, except mages had to pick one of the three schools, and you were those the, your school limited you based on what you picked. You know the choices you made gave you bonuses and limitations the the entire the moon phase thing was fantastic and how and how uh the three different moons the phases change slower and faster mm -hmm. so as you go along you know by the time you've um accomplished you know by the time the little moon has gone around or the big moon has gone around once the little moon's gone around like six times yes i, I forget the number yeah there, there's that you're absolutely right it's well, like you know, up, and down, up and down up and down up and down Yes, it was very fast. And let's also remember, if I remember correctly, there were no druids. Um, there yeah. were there were some changes from the core AD and D game, but it still was built on the on the core AD and D system. It, I mean, it wasn't the it wasn't the you know armor was the same, armor class worked the same, saving throws worked the same, all these other things worked the same. They just took druids and just put it all out. It no more, it no longer exists. And replaced, I mean, replaced orcs with. The draconians i mean they, they they made a bunch of little minor changes that gave the world feel it felt different than what's been done before and also i would say i was too young to do it at that point but i would say it also helped people that were game mastering dungeon mastering at the time more more ideas like wow i can do so much more even with my own worlds yes uh 
the first world I created, I don't know, in, I started in 1983, no, 1982. I started creating my first serious game world. And I pulled, I pulled material from, um, the Monster Manual 2 was brand new, I think, at the time. Okay. And I saw some monsters and I thought, this is, these would be great. They were the Shades who were, you know, they had a character class, like as an NPC, and then they had the shade abilities stacked on top. Okay. And uh, I was like, wow, this would be great if the bad guys were the Shadow Lords who used shades as their as their agents and and manipulated the lesser races into doing their bidding, you know, like orcs and goblins and such. And then, you know, so I was able to create a world that was first edition D&D to start with, and I just adjusted the game to suit the idea in my head yep. and put it down on paper because that's how you really, you know, that's, that's how setting comes first. If you're setting right, now, up now uh, the bro SR and is going to quote what's at the back of the dungeon master guide first AD and D first edition gun dungeon master guide, which says the game comes first. And this is why I disagree with that. I think Gary was great. Gonna, like 90% of what he did, but he had 10% that I don't agree with. Are they going to pro, uh, quote the Gary Gygax article from Dragon Magazine where he said oh, if I've... you're not playing it exactly by the rules, you're not playing D&D? &D? Yeah, well, gonna... I, I, I've had that thrown at me. I've actually, the last <laughs> week, it's funny you say that because uh, that was going to be today's topic if it wasn't for this Dragonlance thing. So it might oh, be next week. You might be foreshadowing next week's topic because somebody did throw that at me. Because I've seen that before with established game worlds like when I ran uh, back in, what was it, um, 1992, after I ets from the Army, okay. and I stayed in Tennessee for a couple of years, and I went back home, and I started to run a second edition AD&D game for my little brothers and their friends. And I said, I'm going to run Forgotten Realms because it's interesting. You know, this is before third edition, so it wasn't so... It was before there was a lot of bloat to it. There weren't all the extra, you know, so many extra books well, out every there. Every every edition is going to get bloat. I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge second edition fan, and I can't I can't deny the bloat that's there. So, and and it was like I'll run in the time of troubles. It's a great. I mean, there's so much can be done in the time of troubles. But I like wild I, magic, I, yeah. <laughs> not do what I was not going to touch the main storyline. Mm -hmm. I had already played in a game where we played the official adventures, right? The official storyline adventures. I'd done that. And I didn't really care for it because it, they changed too many things from the books. And it made it well, kind you, of... Does that, does that not give players a little more feel like they're in... Because one of my problems with the original Dragonlance modules is they're too close to the books. Like you almost have to do what the books say. Are literally playing the storyline of the books. Yeah, I don't want to do that. If you haven't read the books, it's great. Yeah. But who hadn't read the books? By the time the modules had been created, I know I read the books the minute they came out, and they were they were really great books. And when they so when the um <laughs> I saw that that's funny. Uh, yeah. Um, when the when the game came out, it was just fan. You know, it was fantastic because it did 
have all the flavor of the books, but at the same time, it was too much of the books. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think um, at the time that was the, um, it was the first time that TSR had broken the rule of monsters can be player characters because in Kryn, you could play a Minotaur and Minotaurs weren't monsters. They were a whole culture. Yep. They well, were they're, they're intelligent, unlike the Minotaurs, the, the traditional Minotaurs, the Minotaurs of Kryn were intelligent. But you could also play the Erdo, which were ogres. Yeah. So there were there were these, among other things, that broke the mold of D&D. You know, ogres are monsters. You kill them. Minotaurs mm -hmm. are monsters. You kill them. Here we go in, in Dragonlance, and they're player races. What? You still kill them. I played the game oh, where, I guess I was still in Germany at the time. The uh, We played in the, in the Minotaur part. I didn't play a Minotaur. About half the party played Minotaurs. Hmm. I did not they, play a Minotaur. And we were pirates. And we did piratey things. And it was fun. Sure. Because and the, the thing is, is I, I, where, where, so where my agreement with you is, absolutely. I, I, I believe that if you do that in your own game or if you create your own setting, which, to be fair, that's what Dragonlance is. It's its own setting. I have no problems with that. If you want to have dwarven wizards and minotaur player characters and, you know, what, what is it? We're reading Palladium. You got troglodytes and kobolds and goblins. And you feel like every monster race is, is an intelligent race. But that's Palladium. But what you don't do is you don't change the core construct of the game like 5th edition did to say drow can be good. Drow can be anything. Um, you, I, I forget all the weird races that are in there. May, uh, dwarves can be magic users. That's something you do with the homebrewing, not something you do with the core book. You know, so. it, it watered down the specialness of individual races. I mean, for, there was a, um, in 2nd edition, only dwarves could be uh, multi-class clerics. You could be a multi-class as, a, as a, you know, you could be... Other yeah, but you things. could only be like level three or something in AD&D. It was yeah, really it was low, low level. It was crazy low. <laughs> crazy low level. But they were like, they were the only ones who could be like fighter clerics. You know, elves had the most... You could be a, a fighter cleric, magic user, thief. Mm -hmm. And when the when the fighter is twelfth level, you'll be fifth level in each of those because that's you know that's that's how the experience points spreads out. And you won't be great at any of them, but you'll be okay at a bunch of them. And uh, so yeah, I, I can't remember where that came in because if if I'm remembering correctly, couldn't I don't remember, I think dwarves uh, clerics were NPCs only in first edition, weren't they? I don't know. Oh, that was I, that was one of the. That was in OD, OD and D. Okay. I, I, again, second edition is what I know, not first edition. So somebody can correct me all, all, all day, all night on first edition. So. White box, red box. I, I don't think it was in red box because I had red box. And I don't think it was yeah. in the red box. But it was one of them had, you know, a dwarf could be a cleric, but it's only an NPC cleric. And not multi-class in any way. But uh, setting is always preeminent. If, if the feel of the game comes from the setting and the way you manipulate the mechanics to suit that setting. If you, you know, you can't just, um, you can't just do what 5th edition did to Dragonlance 
and call it Dragonlance. Change to, to be to be fair, they haven't done that yet, and that's that's what. And I'm only cautioning that because I want to make sure that not not you or or me, but just but people in general don't yeah. don't get on a tangent here thinking that we're saying this is what Dragonlance is going to be. No, this is them taking the concepts of Dragonlance and ham fisting that, anal probing that into uh, into just core. Oh, if you want to copy what Dragonlance did here, I'm still not holding my breath because I know I'll die. But uh, I'm still holding out just this much hope, just this little tiny. Let's see if we like. There we go. Just a little tiny bit of hope that maybe it isn't going that far with Kryn. That Kryn is going to stay right. But uh, I, you know, I don't know. And I'm not going to read. I'm not going to read the novels until somebody I trust tells me that it hasn't been wokeified. Mm. When somebody, when somebody I trust or says, "Hey, actually, these are these are a good read," even if they're, yeah, I get it. It's still going to be a you know young adult type novel. I, I get that. That's just how. Dungeons Dragons and Star Wars young novels novel, are. Young uh, novel does not mean bad. Sure, lots sure, but of it, it is labeled as young adult because it will it um, it's lighter than you know Lord of the Rings. Right, but and, and and that's the thing you just have to know what you're getting into, and and so is it, that's not the part that I'm gonna that I'm gonna cry about. But if it goes into woke territory, then I just won't buy it. That's fine. I like I love to support Tracy Hickman and Margaret Weiss and. You know, I, I just I don't have faith in anybody. I don't have faith even in older authors like that because so many of them have converted to pronouns uh, or the they them in the singular nonsense or feel pressure from somewhere that, oh, my God, we can't have all Kender like this. So now I'm going to have to write my Kender differently. Or, oh, we can't have all gully dwarves is stupid. We've got to have the smart you know group now. It's like, no, those are called mountain dwarves or hill dwarves. It's like, stop it. Smart gully dwarves don't eat mud. <laughs> That's the smart ones. They have an IQ of seven, not six. <laughs> right. All right. Well, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go. Thank you for the co the comments, the discussion oh. there. Uh, just, I think you're spot on with with what you said. So, uh, yeah, uh, we'll we'll see what happens in the future. But but you're absolutely the the, the takeaway that I want to make sure everybody has, and you can tell me if this is wrong, and then I'll let you go. Is uh, the takeaway is that we were already homebrewing all this stuff. And what was good about Dragonlance, it was kind of the first popular, not saying the first, but the first popular one to show you this is how it can be done. Subtly change these things and you have a feel. Make your wizards more interesting. Make your clerics more interesting. Make your knights more interesting. Make, you know, make all this more interesting. Well, without taking, uh, without harming, the, not harming, without ruining the game for the players. Right. Yes, cool. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you, that darn cat. I finally remembered Sandy Duncan's name. That's not going to get out of my head now. Thanks. So, <laughs> you have a good day, sir. All right, everybody, thank that darn cat for popping up in here. And he's going to be the last one. Nobody else wanted to pop in, so he's going to be the last one. And uh, I do want to thank you folks who jumped in here. Uh, as always, segment one is going to go live on Thursday. Segment two is going to go live on Tuesday. If you want to recap what we said or find out what was going on, um, yeah, thanks for the chat here. Uh, DM James, let me say it again here. Thank you for the second five bucks. I am quite sexy, aren't I? Wait, no, that isn't it. That was the 250-pound one. Um, where's the sexy? Oh, where's my sexy comment? Where'd it go? Oh, well, it's gone. I can't. Oh, there it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Going to win you over to the Capellan Confederation one day. We've got the exotic women. All right, I'm done. I'm done. Let's get to the end of this. I don't have Heathen Dog to control me anymore. We got to end this. All right. Oh, I want to thank everybody. 
let's do this backward because doing it backwards is fun. I want to thank all of our monetary backers, DM James. Uh, so did somebody donate something early? I'm not sure. And I'll check my PayPal's and my stream, uh, my uh, yeah, stream labs, so forth later. But thank you to everybody who donated. You guys make this fun. Well, the money helps me do giveaways. Everybody makes this fun, so I I do appreciate that. Uh, I want to thank our awesome viewers, our followers, our subscribers. You guys make this fun because you're in chat and you're lurking and you're saying things to us, and yeah, it just keeps it fun. I want to sit here and talk with you guys all day, but I have a full day's work to do tomorrow and i have uh some things to catch up on that i was lazy about this week thanks to a few things going on in the background in a hockey tournament so and of course if you don't want to donate to us you can donate to the wounded warrior project but thank you everybody for being here you can find us on rumble odyssey i had odyssey open today i tried to type into it but i didn't see anything happen but i'm going to work on the whole odyssey thing a little bit more now if somebody did try to type me on odyssey and i didn't see it well i'm i'm here maybe i don't know maybe i'm looking at it wrong odyssey is still a little confusing when it comes to the live stream side of it the other part of it, I love it though. Uh, obviously, you can follow us on YouTube or Twitch, and those are the links to donate to us on PayPal or Streamlabs if you wish to. Uh, and website, websites really just videos right now. I, I keep telling myself I want to write blogs. I just don't have time to write blogs. Locals is kind of the same thing. Like I wasn't on Twitter or anything this week. I have a note on my computer monitor here that says "Locals before Twitter." You can't see me pointing, but I'm pointing at it. it says "Locals before Twitter," and I don't use either, so you know kind of hard to have locals before twitter when i'm not using either so uh, max is too sexy for his dice <laughs> those poor dice you don't know where i've put those dice do you all right god what's happening here uh remember if you want to have fun playing your games you follow hashtag rpgate because tabletop role-playing games are about escapism not representation they're about entertainment over activism and play with everybody who wants to play in your neighborhood who cares as long as you're not breaking rules one and two or otherwise a dick at the table because that is organic diversity from natural inclusion if people want to play games you play games with them if people don't want to play games you don't drag them by the hair throw them at your table and say you're the right skin color i need you at my table you don't do that just play games with anybody who wants to play games next to you and aren't a bunch of dicks and uh, with that, my words of that, you know what? That's just going to be my words of wisdom. Oh, wait, no, I have to find the other stuff. Nope, I don't. That's, that's, that's going to be my words of wisdom. Get this banner up there. I want to thank once more, thank everybody for being here. You guys are awesome. Uh, there's There'll be a Friday chill stream this week. Barn sickness, death, or other impairment. There will be a Friday chill stream this week. So, so never fear. I'll be back. And yeah, be sure you watch uh, The Basic Expert. And uh, DM James, go find their channels. You can right-click on them in, in YouTube there. Go fi uh, find their channel. Subscribe to and watch their videos. Uh, DM James has been doing a lot of streaming recently. I uh, have to catch up on some of that. But uh, some really excellent channels there. Dolly Pop was here earlier. I should have said this when she was on. I wasn't thinking clearly, but you can follow Dolly Pop. That's D-O-L-L-I-P-O-P. -L -L -P, and uh, follow her channel as well. She likes to come in here and give me crap. I deserve it, though. So, All right, with that, I hope... Every one of you has a wonderful day.